Welcome to the Galen Trombley Show. Be sure to subscribe, review, and share the episode. You can follow me on social media at Galen Trombley. I hope you enjoy the show. Greetings. Please hold for a very important message. Light speed sequence initiated. How may I help you? Bonjour. Security breach. The truth shall set you free. <laughs> awesome. It's a miracle. Mission complete. Thank you. Have a nice day. Good. I hear. I see you. the red. Okay, we're doing good. All right. Um, <laughs> guest today, folks. Uh, Jordan. He just said his name the correct way because I'm going to totally say the English pronunciation. But Jordan LeBlanc. LeBlanc. You know what? That was probably the best American pronunciation I've ever heard. That's okay. That's then. that's how I would mostly normally. If you didn't say it before when we were testing sound, I would have said Jordan LeBlanc. Yes. Which. To be fair, say, okay, say your name just like Jordan LeBlanc. LeBlanc. See, so you didn't say I, a C. I, That's the problem. Yeah. I tell people, not that it helps, but you almost say the N, but not quite. LeBlanc. Because Le- I have had people overcorrect and they'll call me LeBlanc. It's like, no, that's But you not never right. said the C. No, you never say the C and so you don't LeBlanc. do a hard N. So it's not LeBlanc, it's LeBlanc. Got I don't it. know. I can't okay. really. The way you say it just sounds so nice. It sounds like you just like wrap that up in a bow and handed that like that last name pronunciation. Meanwhile, I am very, I'm a very harsh. So when I took French for years, I can read French and I could read French well and I could write it. I couldn't speak it. I could not pronunciate it. I couldn't hear it. I was just, I, 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 got, I, guarantee, I guarantee you know more French than I do. <laughs> really? Yeah. My father is fully bilingual, uh, but... They call it the mother tongue for a reason. Yeah. So my mother spoke no French and we grew up in the only, almost exclusively Anglophone part of my province. Um, and I didn't go to French immersion, which is a very common thing. In wow. New Brunswick. So I speak, read or hear very little, which is rough because I have a French boss. And, I mean, and you obviously have a French last well, name. Well, I mean, I have a French last name. We're right by Quebec. It's a lot of it's what a, a lot of, uh, uh, of barriers to my full life. Are, new, wait, wait. I just want to. I always get this wrong. I, I did take intro to Canada. I think we talked about that. Oh, St. John, you're way out. Yeah, you're like you're on the. I remember flying to Europe one time, and I was looking, and like St. John was like the last city on the map before we just went to water. Yes, and that was actually one of the two St. John cities in the Atlantic coast. That I you probably Because one has thinking, an one has an apostrophe and one doesn't. Yeah. That's yes. exactly what it is. I think you told me that. So the one with the apostrophe is in Newfoundland and that is literally the last city before the Atlantic okay. Ocean. Okay. So are you in the same Okay, make sure come on folks. Mm-hmm. Google, let's go. I can't this is gonna be a bad pot okay, there we go. It won't be a bad never podcast. A bad I just podcast. never a bad podcast. I just want to have a more insightful podcast. So yeah, Saint Saint. This is the one I was looking yes. at. Sorry, with the apostrophe. Yep. So you are from here. Yes. Um, you know, fun fact: Shane and Annie are like from right here. Yes, I know. That was one of my favorite realizations. Was talking to the Brennans and realizing that. And it's true. It's true in the North Country. Like somebody would ask me if I'm at a conference in Albany, they'll say, where are you from? And I'll say Plattsburgh because people don't generally know where Keysville is. But when you're from the North Country and I say Keysville, they know. And so somebody immediately thought these are Canadians. Jordan's a Canadian. Let's get them together and finding out, oh, wait, you're from New Brunswick. Oh, yeah. Where are you from? Oh, Woodstock. 
where though specifically yeah. i used to i used to live in perth andover and spent okay. a lot of time in heartland literally five like 10 minutes from woodstock and they were like we live really literally were from i think it was like bath which yep, was yep. five which was five minutes from where i've spent a significant amount of time that's so wild and i amazing um because most people like i would say if you're from canada around here a lot of them are like southern uh, southern ontario mm-hmm. and quebec yes. like canada montreal yes um so i i did like so what you're just saying, same thing. Like if you were over in, let's say Europe yep. and someone asked you where you're from or like you might say Canada or US, but I would say I'm from the United States or yes. the States or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then, then it's like, if you're in the United States, you typically go with, if I'm in Florida, I'm like, oh, I'm from New York. Right. And and the idea behind that is like you said, if it, now sometimes you might even see Keysville, you'd be like, what street in Keysville? Because like it gets so, like it gets yep. so detailed down that. Uh, but it's funny how that works, but mm. it's not even that you think about it. You just, it's like, I feel like human nature, we just know what to say in the context of where we are. Absolutely. But uh, yeah, so that it just, that's cool. I always, I always get these mixed up over here. So I can never remember if you're both from New Brunswick, but you are. Yes. And not far from New Brunswick. No. I mean, what's this drive? Maybe two hours? Naughty. Um, from St. John, it'd probably be two and a half. My family okay. lives in the capital city of Fredericton now, and it's less than an hour to Woodstock. Okay. Um, I usually will cross the international border at Woodstock before going home. So, gotcha. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Very, it's very convenient. Yeah. Um, actually, when I became an American resident, it was through the Holton, Maine border that I was officially a resident of the United States of America. That's so cool. Fun fact. Um, that was recently, though. 2012. I became an. I became a citizen. citizen I last fall. Okay, I remember that. How how was that test? Because you know I, more about America than Americans. <laughs> we know that, that we know this, this is, to be this true. Is true. Uh, Canadians do tend to have a high awareness, I will say. However, I think the civics test portion of your citizenship process is more to scare you than to actually test you. Uh, because they give you a whole book to study. Uh, which, for somebody like me... Not only do, am I aware of like history and geography, but I'm pretty civically engaged too. Yep. Uh, so most of the studying is understanding who is your representative in Congress, um, how many senators does each state get in the Senate, how many Supreme Court justices are there. Uh, two of the questions legitimately were who did we f- who were our major one of our major enemies in World War II, and who did we win our independence from? Okay. Uh, so it's a very, it was actually a really low stress of all of the meetings was my interview with, my final interview. It was easy. It was it was easy. The I'll give credit to the person doing the interview. They know how to make you at ease and have a more free-ranging conversation. I never f- realized I was getting tested until he's like, all right, I got one more for the civics test part. I was like, wait, oh. <laughs> okay that's that's good i so i i uh so like most of the stuff you just said i'm like i i can answer probably all of those but <laughs> there's some stuff where i'm like oh my god because i'm so far out of like that part yeah. of my life like between high school or college or anything like that and i've also find that i feel that most americans typically take things for granted because we just live here or whatever and sure. i think a lot of countries look up to america and a lot of things like i have mm-hmm. friends from canada and they'll tell me stuff in our politics i'm like absolutely yeah, I guess. Like, I don't, you know, I mean, it's one of those things like, well, what do you think about that? I'm like, uh, I, 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 yeah, I, maybe I saw it on the news. I don't know. But I, I, I also don't, 
follow current events too well right now. Like just in general, like I, I'm not a I big mean, who news. Can blame you. Yeah, I'm not a big. Well, a lot of it's I, I watch the local news. I don't mm. watch national news, and Fair national enough. news is like doom and gloom. And I'm like, ah, I, I'm good. But yeah. uh, I do like the local news. I like looking up and seeing, you know, a Billy Jones or a Gary Douglas or even like you know the Apple Orchard down doing a little story. Like I of like course. that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, so I would say that's about the level that I'm at. And if they drip in some national stuff into that, it's usually mm-hmm. more reporting than, than opinion. So I, I like that. Um, but yeah, I don't know if I – like when I went to intro to Canada, like even the parliament system to me in Canada seems – Sure. Like I kind of get it, but I kind of don't. And it's kind of weird how like the president is just like the one person from the, the leading party. Yeah. Where that would be, I guess for us, is like the Senate like majority leader. It would actually be the, the House, House majority House leader. majority yeah. leader? Okay. That's – it's – if you think of it through the American lens of it's our legislative branch without an executive, the executive branch in Canada is more of a formality. They are the queen's representative or the governor general more properly mm-hmm. or the kings. I just the kings. I was going to say, <laughs> I was going to no, stop no you, but I'm like, anymore. That's, that's right. Uh, so the king's representative, uh, my Canadian, any Canadian listeners are going to automatically write me off now. Uh, but yeah, the, you're American now. Or... The legislative branch is essentially who forms the government. And a second interesting thing is the Senate is not elected in Canada. It is an appointment by the prime minister. So the representation is a very strange thing that is treated. It's like the House of Lords, if you know anything about Britain. There's, it's a similar type of thing. And so the original idea behind the upper body was the House of Commons is where I could go. And it's still called the House of Lords in England. Okay. Uh, and that's basically what it is in Canada, except they don't want to call it the House of Lords because of the classist implications. Yep. But so it common is common being the commoner. The, 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 right. Anybody can be an MP and technically anybody can be a senator, but you have to have the right connections because it's an appointed thing. So you have to be part of the ruling party um, so or this, the party majority. So this would have to come through Pierre Trudeau. Not Pierre, uh, Justin uh, Trudeau. Justin Trudeau. Yeah. So, so in order, but I'm assuming he can stack the deck in his favor. Yes. Absolutely. Kind of like the Supreme Court for yes. us. You can just kind of pick who you want. Yes. And uh, it, it, that is true. The Canadian Supreme Court, however, they do have term limits. Um, and I think it's, oh, I should have. Uh, I, I'm not going to disagree there. Yeah. <laughs> I think we should have term limits on, I think we have, should have term limits on every politic thing. Political thing. I would thing. agree. Because even, this is the thing I, and I've talked to politicians and some of them have said, well, that's why we have elections. And I'm like, true. Mm. Totally get that. I will say, I think there's a lot of, um, you know, and I'm not going to be, uh, What's it called? Um, what's the word? Not hypocrisy. Not hypocr- um, what's the word when there's like like the JFK th- uh, conspiracy? Oh, conspiracy. I'm not conspiracy theorist. No, so, yeah. But I, I'm gonna. I I do think that there's a lot of um, you know power, money, things that you know, keep people in power that yeah. probably really shouldn't be in power. Um, no, I know where there's votes and stuff, but I, I you know I whatever. I I do think there's a little bit of like you know statistically it, speaking, the incumbent. Uh, is operating out of a significant position of power. Correct. And in I think any in any election, because like you said, most of us just aren't that aware of what's going on. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think the North Country, maybe it might just be the, the circles I run in. Like, I'm aware of what Billy Jones is doing. Mind you, I work in workforce development mm-hmm. and I'm a neighbor or professionally a neighbor of Billy Jones. Yeah. And I think he probably has a larger awareness in this area, but like most people just aren't that connected. 
And so as long as they don't have any personal ill will toward the incumbent, there's just that weight of, well, I mean, I'm happy. Yeah. And not not saying that Billy Jones is phenomenal. (laughs) He's just the easy example because he's RSM. One of of the legends of the week on the podcast. (laughs) An absolute legend. Um, Yeah, because I I just, I I think the Supreme Court, though, should not be a, um, I, I think that that's weird how that's, Lifetime appointment. Mm. I just because, like I said, you can abuse that power because it's one person making a decision, which right. is like ah eh, that. But um, I I also look at you know like the Senate, House. I like I was talking to Billy yesterday. I'm like the fact that the House or the state representatives and House representatives have to run every two years is crazy because you're just always running for re-election. I'm like, good lord! Like mm-hmm. one, it's money, time, energy mm-hmm. is pulling you away from other stuff. And then Senate has six years. I'm like, why don't they just make them both four? I get it. There was some reason why they did it back in the day, and it hasn't changed. But I feel like at certain points, things can change with the way, you know. And I think that some people, I'm all for tradition, but I'm also for tradition if it still makes sense. And, you know, exactly. in the sense of like, because things change in life. And it's like, well, this is now going to be something we should probably change because of just the way society's changing. And I don't think it's that you're trying to stick it to history. I think it's just more of like things have to adapt and evolve and um, well, it's interesting. You talk about the Supreme Court. The The stated reason for lifetime appointments was to avoid the influences of politics. But I don't think anybody today will look at the Supreme Court and say it is devoid entirely of politics, regardless of your political bent. Like, it I, is a clear— But even, even if you did, like, a 12-year term or something—I mean, around here, think about, like— uh, most judges around here have a 12 year term, right? Yeah. It's pretty long, but it's mm-hmm. like that's a significant amount of time to oh, go is. in and do what you need to do and then mm-hmm. say, you know what? I gave a good chunk to this, whatever, this career. Now I'm going to jet out. Um, I think that makes more sense. And mm-hmm. I, I think it should be an appointed position sure. with term limits. So you get away from the, po- I mean, there's obviously politics if you're trying to get appointed by that, you know, the president. But I think. I don't know. Then that might be changed. Who knows? But then again, like then it's like the Constitution, and then of course you're like, well, the Constitution was written 300 years ago. Like it's still like and there's still a lot of good stuff in it, of course. But there's also some stuff where I'm like, it's it's like anything else. Like we don't we like, we don't do a lot of stuff on paper anymore. Actually, we're, I'm just because we're going through this stuff right now. I'm like we're we're throwing away like oh, why do we have this file? Like we don't need it anymore. Right. It's not that we don't need the paper. Or we don't need these kind of like documents. We just don't need them in paper. So things evolve. How we store things, and it's it and is obviously a very easy like thing. We but. could, I could probably talk for hours about like governmental stuff, and I won't. But it is interesting how like I would be the the guy that believes that the Constitution was designed to be adapted. That's why there's an amendment system. That's why it, you know t- Thomas Jefferson thought it should be completely rewritten every like thirty years. So well, imagine like it would be funny if like you could actually go like this is why I always I have this like these thoughts in my head like. Okay, if you if there's an afterlife and people go to heaven or wherever mm-hmm. they go, and you're up there like chilling, and we don't know what happens up there, we don't know if like, or do you just get reborn into the ground, like your body decomposes, sure. you go in the ground and come back out as energy and some other force, which I sure. think is the scientific way of that how that happening. But but the idea behind it is like, are the founding fathers like up there like sitting around a table having a drink, being like, these idiots still haven't changed that, like, <laughs> like John or like hey, it'll be like. Didn't you, didn't you write that after that party where you were like hammered? Like, I mean, you got to think they're people. <laughs> so, I mean, I always find that it's, it's kind of funny that we put, and this is like anybody in history, we always put them on a pedestal. Of course. And then you kind of like, you joke about anything that we do or say, like, mm-hmm. I guarantee you they were, you know, making off-color jokes to each other because they're just people. And, and, and you know, you know, talking about the sports game and complaining about this and yep. like, ah, I stubbed my toe. Like, I mean, it's like they're human. 
but it's, it's so funny how we put people up on a pedestal where they probably don't think like Leonardo da Vinci doing all his art mm-hmm. was probably not in his head being like, I am going to be a living legend. He's probably just like painting. He's like, ah, that sucks. Sure. And now I'm doing this. Like the Mona Lisa, like, eh, going on something different. And all of a sudden now it's like iconic. Yeah. But they don't know this back then. And like anybody's doing cool stuff now is probably just like, like Steve Jobs obviously like did a lot of cool stuff for like, and that will probably be known for a long time. Of course. At some point in history, people will forget about him. And at some point in history, like when he was doing, he's like, this is going to be cool, but he doesn't realize maybe how groundbreaking it actually was. Cause you don't know in the moment. Probably not. And it's funny. I always think, I think that I think of what would, you know, what if, if the founding fathers are capable, like what would they think? But I also do remind myself that, you know, these were humans. I, I find it so fascinating because of Hamilton, I don't know that most people, um, most of our listeners before the musical came out, mm-hmm. ever really thought about Alexander Hamilton a lot. It was in a SNL sketch that the Lonely Island did. So I, I mean, and I knew it, but the name Skyler is all across the state. New York has so many Skylervilles because of the Skyler family, um, and just how much. That has the conversation surrounding portraits of or statues, you know, representing uh, Philip Schuyler, um, who was uh, Hamilton's father-in-law, because he owned slaves. And so I, I also just remind people that uh, that regardless of their place in history, re- Leonardo da Vinci probably had some really awful takes mm-hmm. and some pretty unacceptable beliefs. Uh, so that's part of why I think rather than venerate, we remember, you know, I, I don't want to venerate Alexander Hamilton, even though the, like the musicals kick ass, but he's still just a guy. And these are all just men, women, mostly men, but that's a whole other story. But if you, if you, so if you look at this, like, so the founding fathers, a ton, actually the, the, I was just looking. So, According to and this is Wikipedia, so obviously oh, this is Wikipedia. fact. This is facts. Um, but the uh, there's only two people that have signed the Declaration of Independence, Article of Confederation in U.S. Constitution. I was just going down through. Really, and their names I've never heard of. Probably, um, it is Robert Morris, That's which is a name. university. Yeah, I was going to say because of university because only because university. March Madness. I think yeah. Roger Morris is, Robert Morris has played in that. I believe so. And then Roger Sherman from Connecticut. Never heard that name before. And mind. then everybody else. So I mean, then you start going through. Um, let me see who from New York because there's probably some. I mean, most of. The, I mean, it was actually funny. Look at there's quite a bit from uh, Carolinas. Oh yeah. Which I didn't think the Carolinas were that prevalent back then. Well, obviously I Virginia think was a big obviously one. Obviously Virginia. Lewis Morris was New York Govern- Governor Morris. Is that his real name or is that I position? I think so. No, I think that's a name. I wonder I think if he found a governor. Same... No? Well, that I don't know, but I think it's the sa- it'd be the same etymology. Philip Livingston, Francis Lewis. Pressure check. I feel like Vermont, we would know some of these two. Um, Actually, it would not surprise me if historically I wouldn't know Vermont. Well, Alexander Hamilton, New York. Well, of course. Yep. I was gonna say I know one William because Floyd. I know that uh, Hamilton at the Constitutional Convention is a line from a song, and you know it's Hamilton. Yeah, that's wild. Sam Adams, John Adams. I mean, Sam Adams, man, founding father. 
Hell of Brewer, a career. Hell of a career. <laughs> if anybody made it right, right? Sam. I wonder if he was a brewer, brew maker. I, have, I doubt it. Like, I wonder how Sam Adams is just like, it, like in pop or maybe culture. it's an entirely different, like some random schlub named Sam Adams. <laughs> it was like, yeah, it's totally different. Be like, uh, like I'm gonna make a beer. I mean, this I know a Sam Adams. Like, I know it's like an actual guy named Sam Adams. Like, but it's well, Adams isn't exactly a a, a rare last name. I know several guys with the last name Adams. So, oh no, look at this. After Adams had lo- lost his money, his father made him a partner in the family malt house, which is next to the family house on Purchase Street. Several generations of Adamses were maltsters, maltsters who produced the malt necessary for brewing beer. Wow, Sam the maltster, often described as a brewer, but the ex- he worked as a maltster and not a brewer. I just want to throw this wow. out there, the fact that I love the name Maltz- maltster. Isn't that- it's a hard one to say. I feel like that needs to make a comeback. Like people need to start calling. If you are in the malt business, call yourself a maltster. Maltster. And I will try to say it. Sam the Maltster. That what a nickname. That's Again, fantastic. very hard to say. It's a tongue tie. What a history lesson. Um. So Sam Adams. Shout out to <laughs> Sammy Adams. When you start looking friend at of some, the pod. <laughs> yeah, friend of the pod. Now he's on the podcast. Let's have a, let's have a brew for him. Um, but if if you uh, like when you start going back on some of those beers, mm. how long ago they were? Oh yeah. Like at what point? So I've thought about this. I think about a lot of random stuff. Same. What was like? There's and there's times too. I think of random stuff. And I'm like, why are you thinking about this right now? But it's kind of, see, I don't have to. I have ADD. So, but do, do, you, do you ever? But do you ever think of something and then in your head you're like, why did I think of that? But that's a really cool thought. Good yeah. on you for thinking of that. And I don't even know if it's good, but it's almost like wow. I didn't like I sometimes. So, well, I was thinking one time, who was the first person to attempt to drink alcohol? Like, so, and then or, or smoke weed or name anything that you can do. Eat honey. Eat honey. So like, got, who thought? Geez, these stingy little things. So I bet the the their poop tastes good. But it, but if you so but think about every that at some point somebody trying honey was probably scared to death because mm-hmm. they didn't know if that would kill you. So if you actually go back and now granted they might have just did it and be like oh that tastes sweet and I didn't mm-hmm. die. But but if you go back through like most things like you had the attempt like who's the first person to touch boiling water and realize that's hot. Who's the yeah. first person like, you know, I mean, just anything like, oh, that's a big thing going in the air. I'm just going to watch it. Tornado. See ya. Like, but I'm, it's like these weird things that happen that at some point someone had to right. probably, probably take one for the team. I heard some, somebody suggest, uh, it might've been on TikTok. It was probably on TikTok, suggest that the, the first person who discovered that something was poisonous in its raw form, but non-poisonous in its cooked form absolutely tried to kill somebody with it and that's how you found out they're like i'm gonna i know this is poisonous if you eat this it will kill you and then they bake it because they're thinking ah, i don't want Covered them up. to know i'm trying to murder them and they they're sitting there and they're maybe they're sitting at the dinner table with them and they are just rubbing their hands together it's like i can't wait for this guy to kick it and then they never do and the guy's just like this was the greatest meal I've ever had in my entire life. How, what did I do to is get you okra? to love me so much? What? And is there something that's poisonous if it's not cooked? There's a lot. Uh, the one I think of is I know I don't know if it's the puffer fish, but I know in Japan, like mm. it is highly poisonous. Um, you have to prepare it a very specific way. It's very Ooh. rigorous in Japan. 
Um, you know, what? my brother could tell you. I'm but... not trying that. No. Oh, pass. But that like, is this one the came only like, eh. one I can think of. Um, but I'm sure there are others. I just have never been the one that it's like, hey, that that mushroom's probably edible. You, yeah, like that's the thing too. Like one, it could kill you. Or two, yeah. it's going to give you a really fun trip. Like yeah. you kind of look at both of those, or it's just tastes good on a burger yeah. or whatever. Or my pizza. sister-in-law has a little app that she uses because she just loves fungi in general. Yep. Um, consuming it. Uh, for food, <laughs> I think I don't know. Um, Baker, <laughs> I know. I know she loves to eat. Uh, well, eat I, I actually do love uh, mushrooms on pizza. Oh yeah, and I like mushroom mushroom burger. Like love them. Oh absolutely. Um, but yeah, she she loves the idea of forging. She's very kind of naturalistic. Um, very kind of earthy. Yeah, and like she'll use that, and you it'll scan it, and then it will like. Go into a database. Oh, she's picking like, these oh, out like in the wild. In the wild. Now, okay. I don't know how much she trusts it, but I love apps. I, I'm a I'm a tech guy, but I don't know that I would put my own personal health and safety in the hands of an app telling me that this is, yeah. in fact, safety. I, I forage for mushrooms at Hannaford, so I, I trust that they did the I just started app. foraging for mushrooms at Hannaford because that has been historically one of the foods that I just have an aversion to because of the texture. Do you Mushroom. like it now or no? I am learning to like it. Okay. Um, I'm past most of the textural issues that I had with it. What? what give me... I got a couple and I'll, I'll go first if you want. I'll give you sure. time to think. One food that I didn't... So I'll give you the food that I used to hate and now I love. Ooh. And I'll give you a food that I have just never been able to really like commit to. Yeah. So number one is olives. I used to hate olives. Okay. Now I actually really enjoy olives. Like I, I enjoy, I, I like the uh, the ones on like Greek salads, like the the Calimento ones, mm-hmm. or, uh, Calamato sure. or whatever those are called. I like those. Obviously, the ones you can put like Bloody Marys. Like mm-hmm. I like those. Um, I don't mind black black or green olives. Um, so I would say olives are now like in my palate. I do sure. like them, and I used to hate them. Uh, oh my, yeah, I now, still, I still, I've tried like as fresh and beautiful and perfectly prepared. All of this just not my thing. Yeah, and some people aren't. It took yeah. me a while to get into them, but it, I probably got into them like. Maybe ten years ago, so uh, not it wasn't anything like from childhood. I just like I, one time I started eating them. Like you know what, I'm gonna eat them. Do I like them? <laughs> the one thing I I I'll eat them, and I like them prepared in different ways. But it is really tough for me to eat is tomatoes. Interesting, because some people will eat my like my mom grew up. Yeah, I don't know how many times every summer she would just make tomato sandwiches. Yep, and Mine loved too. them. Mayo, a little bit of pepper, yep. salt, pepper, whatever, and that. My wife will still do that. She'll. Cut up a tomato, especially like yep. a nice, freshly harvested one. Sprinkle a little bit of sugar on it. Just eat With it. With sugar? Okay. Yeah. Like Because you'll eat raw. Thing. Now, I do like when you put... um, uh, What's tomato with mozzarella, balsamic, caprese? Yes. So a I, nice caprese salad. I do like that. Yes. And I think it's the, the mixture with the cheese kind of counteracts the taste or whatever. Fair enough. Um, I, I like pasta. Mm. I like... I'm also one though. If someone said like, uh, "Here, I'm going to give you a seafood like meal entree," sure, and it's in like a white sauce or a red sauce, I'm taking white all day long. That's fair. I don't like for some reason like cooked tomatoes, raw tomatoes and cooked tomatoes. Co- um, raw tomatoes, if I have it on like a salad hmm. and there's like dressing on it with other stuff, I can stomach it. Okay. If I'm eating something with red and there's just chunks of cooked tomato, and they're not, like, diced up and mixed in. Oh, okay. If they're diced up and mixed in, I don't mind. I think sure. it's a texture thing. Like, it's just like, ugh, you're eating it, and it's yeah. just... So tomatoes are my... I'm not a huge fan of cucumbers, and I'm not a huge fan of, like, 
red peppers and green peppers. I like them if they're cooked. I don't like them if they're raw. Which yellow and orange peppers, I actually can stomach those more raw versus cooked. Okay. Actually, it's funny. I'll piggyback off of your peppers because peppers, I would say green peppers specifically are the I used to love them. I would almost venture so far as to say I don't like green peppers. I love red peppers. I love spicy peppers. I, I love jalapenos. I mean, I love jalapenos. Hannaford had this fun little mic- bag of mixed uh, hot peppers that had uh, Thai green chilies in it. Mm-hmm. I'm a mm-hmm. very passionate fan of Thai um, and Indian cuisine in particular. Like I've gotten into cooking them even, not yeah, just consuming. Cool. And so it was it was beautiful because usually I have to like either know somebody that grows Thai spicy chilies or order them online, which is always more expensive. So I got to make uh, recently all all bought in Plattsburgh and I made a pad thai out of it. It was I love Thai food. That's um like you're spicy though. You like spice? I do love spice. It has been the uh the cross I've had to bear in the North Country because I feel like a stranger in a strange land. Cause so few people like spice in the mm-hmm. NoCo. And I don't understand. My my thing with spice, I want it I want enough spice where it's flavorful and mm-hmm. doesn't take away from the meal. So like this goes down to like a spicy meal could be chicken wings, like mm-hmm. sauce. Like if it's a hot sauce and I'm focusing more on the spice than I of am course. on the actual thing, then it's yep. too hot. That's my metric. So yep. if I'm like eating it, I'm like, that's hot, but I'm not like, but I'm enjoying the, the actual flavor of it. Yeah. That's my threshold. So it's kind of like, I want to have the enjoyment of it. Mm-hmm. And I do like spicy Yep. with an enjoyment. But if it feels like I'm like, I'm like trying to work to get through this mm. just for the fact I'm like, these are way too hot and I'm not enjoying it. Then that's, I'm like, nah, I don't need that. I've really appreciated, um, because of course I'm a connoisseur of hot sauces because if you don't know this about people with ADD and ADHD, we tend to hyper-focus on things very, very quickly and learn everything there is to know Barbecue, about coffee. Uh, barbecue, coffee, shoes. Shoes, um, yes. Oh, yeah, shoes. Other things. Uh, lots of things. What, but, let me see your shoes. What, what shoes? Uh, they're, they're boring today. Are they boring today? Yeah. Oh, they're classics. I mean, they're, they're, they're classics. Yeah, they're my classics. They're yeah. my... I don't... Want to take like the time to tie my shoes? This is your dress leaving. down. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like I'm, I'm looking at my shoe rack and I'm like, I know I don't have to bend over and tie my shoes or slip sit them down on, man. Yeah, or don't so even that's tie what them. I did. Yep. yep, that's exactly why uh, these are well loved and they're Adidas. If you're listening to I the pod and yeah. wondering, um, but um. I totally, that sh- the shoe thing made me lose my train of thought. You said you get ADD, you get hyper-focused. Yes, I do. Um, but what was the topic we were just talking about? Because that's not Oh, helpful. we're talking about spicy peppers. Yes, spicy peppers. So like, there was that real push for a long time of just getting the, um, the as hot as possible. Okay. Whatever that meant on the Scoville units. Because you'll see like on the little things like a jalapeno is between this and this Scoville unit. So it's just the measure of hot. And they take the capsaicin, the the ingredient in these peppers that make it spicy, and they just jump, dump a whole crap ton into their thing because they were going for for spice, but they realized that tastes like absolute garbage. Why are we doing this? And so there's still this push to keep things spicy, but it's much more in like how they're breeding the peppers themselves. Mm-hmm. 
And so, uh, if you have you ever watched the Hot Ones on YouTube? I'm I am from I haven't watched it, but I'm familiar with. So they what it they're is. they've honestly done a lot for pushing. I honestly think for pushing the uh, the types of hot sauces that I like because they've got some of the like they've bought into farms that are pushing the limits of how spicy a pepper can be naturally okay i'm um, not even with genetic modification so i've just been i've been really interested because you've got some of these like ghost pepper used to be the spiciest but now there's gosh i think they call it pepper x um which is actually hotter than a carolina reaper um but <sighs> And I Ooh. I don't think I'm brave enough to try a Carolina Reaper. I've tried a ghost pepper, like a, a ghost pepper on its own. And it's Chocolate habanero. Imagine having that bad boy and being like, I would try that in a heartbeat because... So okay, so I'm I'm just gonna start from the bottom. Bell yeah. pepper is for, for scale <laughs> is zero. <laughs> mm-hmm. Jala- and then it goes Anaheim pepper, which I've never heard of. Jalapeno pepper, which is eight thousand um yes. Scovilles. Is mm-hmm. that what they is yeah. shoe? Scoville yes. Yeah, yeah, Scoville heat units, I believe, is what that's SHU. So I'm going to call it SHU. Sure. SHU. So not to be confused with the shoe if you are in corrections, which is an entirely different thing. The shoe is the like the shoe is the is special like the penalty yeah, box. Kind I of mean, thing. I, it's what they call, I think, uh, solitary now. Yes, yeah, solitary. <laughs> so we'll call SHU. Yes. Or what do you say, Scoville? Add, Scoville. I don't care what you call so it. So 8,000 <laughs> Scovilles. We'll call it Scovilles. Yeah. Tabasco pepper, which I'm assuming is Tabasco sauce. I believe is so. It's 50,000. Cayenne pepper is 50,000. So to give people context, these mm-hmm. are probably things you've tried before. Yep. Thai chili is 100,000. Mm-hmm. Then habanero orange, which I feel is like when people hear habanero, yep. they think hot. Yep. That is 350,000. And then ghost pepper is 1 million. Which is likely, if you like spicy, unless you're looking for Carolina Reaper, that's probably the hottest pepper you've tried. Like, it, mo- your hottest hot sauces around here are largely ghost pepper with a couple that have Carolina Reaper, but that's a very, very hot one at 2.2 million. So have you ever tried Carolina Reaper? I've never tried Carolina. I mean, I've tried... Like, could you smell some of these and your eyes sauce? just water up? Absolutely. Yeah. That happens um, if you've never cooked with a habanero. That happens when I'm cooking with habanero, which uh, habanero orange and habanero, like at most that it's about half the ghost pepper and it hurts my eyes when I, I have to like cook it in very specific circumstances with a lot of ventilation. So Jordan, when you're cooking habanero, like Mm -hmm. let's say you're making a meal, one, where would you put habanero in? What kind of meal would you put it in? And then how much would you use when you're talking about a pepper? Is this like a single pepper, a half a pepper, multiple peppers? It. Depends for me. Uh, heat, like adding peppers like this, is more art than science. So I often will do a, a habanero in some kind of sauce that I can, and I usually will start it low and work my way up. So I do a lot of heat in my Thai and Indian. Okay. Um, I particularly am a fan of Asian heat. Uh, compared to like your buffalo or you know your buffalo wings which is good but there's just some there's something about the way that it flavors or like you know even i i I can even think of uh, the scotch bonnet which they use a lot in jamaica um so shawane um teffler who has the uh the island vibes uh used a scotch bonnet in his that that uh, place i've never been there is that good it's super good it's Um, jamaican food it's jamaican food so jerk chicken is a big part of it it's 
I find him to be like, I mean, he's from Jamaica originally. So is this the one on, this on Clinton Street? It's the one on Clinton Street. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, and he like he uses the Scotch bonnet, and I had to beg him the, before he actually would put that in. I, I because again, I think he just didn't trust. Also, oh, because that's you don't too know me, hot I'm, for most people. People would not. People. Gotcha. Yes. Gotcha. Okay. And if you don't know me, I'm very white. My last name actually means white, and so I at most establishments that. You know, the, their cultural cuisine tends to have spice in it. So Sawati, the Thai place yep. in town, um, is another one where I, I had to, like, look the owner in the face and kind of be like, listen, when I'm telling you I would like this Thai spicy. And I was like, I know what you're probably hearing is some random white guys coming into my restaurant and telling me he wants the spice. I don't trust him, which is fair. But I said, I, I've had... Thai spicy in places where it matters. And I'm like, okay. The the owner <laughs> the owners watched me take my first bite because they thought I was going to die. And I was like, I was in heaven. It was wonderful. But I have you have to convince folks that you are you know what you're asking. So for. so what was in that? What would have been in Sawadee? Um that was a pad thai and they added those um Thai chilies. That's about 100,000 Scovilles in the middle there. Um, okay. So Thai chili is what. And they, I believe they grow. Honestly, if you love Thai, I mean, you like you said, Sawati is fantastic. Love it. Yeah. Um, and they grow, I believe they grow their own Thai chili. Okay. So I think that was kind of cool too. So, and then, uh, so ghost pepper, you've never cooked with ghost pepper. This was just, I'm trying Correct. It. Yeah. I'm just, I was somewhere, a friend, you know, friend of mine bought some. I've never done the one chip challenge either, but apparently that's. How how would the habanero though? Like, how much would you put into like a sauce? Would you just put like one in? Is that su- sufficient, or would you? Have I multiple? usually would. I would probably start with just one. Okay. Habanero is really really hot. Like a little goes a long way. If I'm doing, like I like spice in like if I'm doing a a frittata or like some kind of like breakfast dish, uh, and I want to use a habanero, I will probably use a half of a habanero. So um, are these all habaneros? Yes, there are. My precious felt correctly. I believe I've never seen a green habanero, but I know I've seen like the orange, yellow, and red. Which are which um, ones? This that green? Yeah. Sorry, I'm colorblind. Okay. So yellow, red. Yes. Greenish. So the green is in the middle, and then okay. the the yellow and the red, and then the orange is in that like upper right hand corner. Yeah, okay. That's the orange. You'll see a lot of those. Like if you go to Price Chopper or Market Thirty Two, or you go to Hannaford, you're gonna see that orange or the red is the most common one, and they are like that is a for the love of all things good and holy. Wear wear gloves. For the is that bad where okay. yeah well hell i'd say the same with jalapenos um because the the juice will just stick to your hands and then you'll rub your rub eyes your eye, and yeah. you'll regret it and it's it's it sucks but it's bearable with a jalapeno and this is Ugh. like 10 times hotter so ghost pepper you just like straight up took a bite of that uh yes i i took I, not a bite of like not a whole one like i took a small sliver of one that was hot enough that's yes. wild yeah Oh yeah, no, I'm not that brave. <laughs> wow, I'm just like. So what is this? This is a. So when it says chili peppers, so it what is like what is that right there? That's not even giving me a country. These just no. like so pure capsaicin, um, is the distilled. I don't. I don't even know what it technically is, but it is the essence of what gives, uh, hot. 
like oh, so it's not even heat. a pepper. They're so basically it's not saying a pepper. we're extracting. No, it's, the... it's an extraction. Gotcha. And so that's what they used to use to just artificially bump up the numbers. Oh, good. They God. knew their numbers were low, and they were so, like, "We want to hit a million Scovilles in so, our in our hot sauce." And they were like, "Well, let's just well, dump in so, some capsaicin." So habaneros three hundred fifty thousand Scovilles. So yes. three hundred fifty thousand. Yes. The Carolina Reaper, which is really, really, really hot, which tops the list, is two point two million. Yep. This pure capsaicin, again, bad pronunciation. That one is so two point two for Carolina Reaper million. This is sixteen million. Sixteen. So Carolina Reaper. I just want to see what this looks like. It looks. It's funny. I feel like all hot peppers kind of look the Ooh, same. Oh, I don't know. That that looks like it's. It definitely looks dangerous. Ugh. Like it looks actually, it. it looks kind of evil. If I'm being it honest, it does. It's, it's like there is something. You know what it looks like? It's like a pepper and a raspberry, just like combined, oh, yeah. or a strawberry. It's got like little bumps. And it's yes. kind of got weird shapes. Stra- strawberry, not raspberry. Stra- strawberry. Yeah, no, no, no. Yeah, you're definitely right. That's it looks with. like it's like a, a spicy attack strawberry. I I do not. I, I, I do feel not recommend. Like, I feel like that thing is like someone doesn't know, and you're like, oh, just try these peppers for my garden. You ruin someone's day. Yeah. Well, it. Uh, right above it, and I realize they're currently discontinued, but um, there's the advertisement for the One Chip Challenge. Um, so what is that? Use, so the One Chip Challenge uses a very, very spicy. <laughs> they've, they've just re- they've pulled it off the market um, because there, uh, there was a question. Uh, apparently, an adolescent actually died after doing the One Chip Challenge, um, and there was questions about whether the the spice from that was a complicating factor in the young person's death. So they've kind of pulled it off and are So this is just a brand. Like the one yes. chip challenge. The one chip challenge is by the company Packy, um uh, P A Q U I. And oh. it's been a it's been one of those uh internet sensation rites of passages for quote unquote influencers. A lot of them will be challenged due to the one chip challenge and it's literally so it's, it's a large like dorito chip it's 25 bucks oh yeah and on the package it says inside one extremely hot tortilla chip yep and it is carolina reaper dash plus no plus naga viper pepper which i've never even heard of i feel like that's i feel like that's a death sentence yeah oh yeah i've watched Ugh. it's one of those things that if uh have you ever watched the old um Oh, I don't remember which which channel it was on, but Man vs. Food. Oh, what a show! Oh, well, fun shout out to our uh, to uh, in Syracuse when they came in um, Mother's Little Cupboard in Syracuse. Was it the garbage plate? Um, no, it wasn't a garbage plate. That was their. They have a breakfast frittata challenge that Adam. I think his name was Adam. Adam, you're right. Yeah. Um, I believe he did it, and it's massive. It's like this plate. That's probably two, two to two and a half feet wide. I, I've had the quarter order of it because that's their standard order. If you go in and say, I want a full order of frittata, it's going to be like an eight pound plate of frittata. So I usually get the quarter plate. Okay. And it lasts, it gives me leftovers. It's um, like, a, it'll feed a family of four. And he ate the whole thing. And he ate the whole thing. I've seen this, like, I don't understand. Yeah. I've seen some disgusting things with that. Oh, I yeah. mean, um, okay. So, so this is wild. So hot ones, yes. As you can see, they're going up. Yes. In uh, wow, they're going up. So I'm going to go back to season one. 
of Hot Ones. So Hot Ones is, I believe it's an internet show. A guy basically interviews, you know, well-known people yep. and they eat. It's a fun take on the celebrity interview. Yes. Because it's a typical part of it's become it's basically part a podcast, of the junket, the like the press junket. So like, you know, the Barbie movie. I'm pretty sure Margot Robbie had made an appearance and it's possible that Ryan Gosling also did because they were when they were doing publicity for it. So it's really just become part of the the marketing because it's become so ubiquitous. Um, so yeah, it's an interview intermixed with ridiculous levels of spicy hot wings. So I'm just gonna go down the the season one. I don't know when season one came out. I think they're on. They said season twenty two. So it's probably been going on for about ten years at this point. It's, maybe longer. It. I'm not entirely sure, but that sounds about right. I mean, twenty two. That's a lot. Of, you think like maybe every. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think they do two seasons a year, but I mean, it's been around long enough to be well established. So, so it wouldn't surprise me at the ten. Years. So the fu- the fun thing about this is they go from on season one. The first one is Texas Pete original hot sauce, which basically is like, well, you can buy the, Texas Pete at anywhere. That's, that's like anywhere. The, that's like the entry level for all things hot. Yeah. And I would say Texas Pete is one of those hot sauces that's spicy but it just like there's flavor to it and it's yeah. it's like it's good like yeah. doing wings it's fine it, it yeah. you can take it yeah now, put it on your eggs it's good like cholula cholula original hot sauce just three thousand six hundred cholula is my boy i put that on um anytime we do tacos at home mm-hmm. the little red sauce i just pour that on he's got yeah. the little wooden cap on yep. it um that was number two I, I find that that is hot but i like the flavor of that to oh, me it's delicious yeah to me that's good and then it goes into a couple that have you probably heard of some of these i now the, the hottest one i've had on this was dave's gourmet and sandy <laughs> hot sauce which is 180,000. and so, is literally the worst tasting thing i think i've ever put in my mouth is it bad it's really gross so i remember as a kid so my same thing my uncle always made chicken wings and he would mm-hmm. make and it's great. And he would, they'd make normally just like plain chicken wings. Mm-hmm. They would make hot chicken wings. Sure. They'd make barbecue chicken wings. Mm-hmm. So we had variety. And then they'd make hot. So, of course, we're like, all the other wings are like, great. So I'm like, we're going to try the hot ones. And I remember he had a little thing of Dave's Insanity. And it was on like the top of the stove. And he liked spice and everything like mm-hmm. that. And I remember me and my cousin, which was his son, we ended up uh, at his house. We had a chicken wing. With Dave's and Sandy sauce mixed in, so it wasn't just Dave's and Sandy. It was like a mixture or whatever, whatever okay. they put in for the sauce. But that sure. was one of the things. It's the hottest one. Yep. This thing got on like we ate it. It got on the roof of your lip. Yep. So like you know, and I just remember it burned. And it me did. and him for I don't know how we found this. We found like a two liter of um, brisk iced tea. Love and I remember just drinking this, and we just basically were like letting it run over the top of our lips into our mouth, just like. And yep. now at the time, n- now I know you're supposed to drink milk to get of rid course. of hot. Back then, I mean, we were probably ten. We're like, right. ah, it's like this is burning, and it, I don't know how long it took to go away. That's at one hundred eighty thousand. Absolutely. So the fact that the stuff you were, what was the? Um, I, I deleted it, but what was the habanero at? Was that three hundred fifty thousand? I believe so. Yeah. Okay. So Dave's insanity was insanely hot. Mm-hmm. Um, hence the name, Insanity. Insanely hot at 180,000. So some of these are wild. So Ghost Pepper was what, in the million? No, I think that 750, was about, I think that was above 500, but not much <sighs> oh. more. If you actually keep scrolling down to oh, these right get now, wild. They, they've Look at hit this. the one, at that one million. I've tried my wife. I, my wife is amazing. Uh, just throwing that out there. Um, she got me, they have a, 
a gift bag, pack that you can buy directly from the folks that put on the hot ones. Ooh. And the last dab was one of them. <laughs> and that's one of those examples of it is obviously ridiculously spicy, but so good that I went back for more. Like really? it is, it was so flavorful. And that's for me, like that Dave's insanity sauce. I tried it on its own and it was one of the worst things I've tasted. It has a place because I've added that to a chili. Add if you want to find a use for Dave's insanity sauce, add it to a chili. Okay. It honestly, if you like a spicy chili, the the flavors when it's uh watered down or diluted, it's fine. And it really does amp up. Like if you if you've made your if you made it, you don't just want to add like cayenne pepper to it. Mm-hmm. Adding something like this will amp up the heat. And if you just put like a tablespoon, it goes a long way. Very long way. Or just don't. Just don't buy Dave's Insanity Sauce. Just, yeah. You heard it here, folks. Well, so Jordan, this. For so Jordan, it's a pass. Season four to season five, they went from one million to then they doubled it to two million. It's the same name though. So have they upped that? Is it like a different version? Same name. I'm um, say- I don't know, actually. I feel like they just like slip uh, this one in as like kind of seems like they're pay- playing a little fast and loose because it looks like it's literally the same. But this one says last the dub redux. redux. The Redux is the one I've tried. You like that and one? And they've actually come out with a brand new <laughs> one, so they're consistently reworking that that formula. So would you? I mean, you could sit there and go through all those, no issue. I wouldn't say no issue. Uh, especially now that they use, they've gone from using the insanity sauce to, they call it da bomb, which is beyond insanity. Um, mm. which is Ooh. from my understanding, even worse and tastes even worse. Uh, if you ever watch the hot ones, you'll find that when they get to da bomb, they'll never take it out because there's always an extreme reaction. So when they, I've actually never seen the show. So they yes. eat just they a eat bite. 10. Yeah. They eat, well, you can eat as much as you want. Um, Cause they're all chicken wings. They're all chicken wings and they're good. Like, and they'll make them like, you know, they have vegan wings. If they have a, a vegetarian or a vegan on with them. Um, I've heard they don't have very good wings. Gordon Ramsay suggested that. Now, I don't know. Oh, I mean the actual tape. Oh, yeah. Like the actual wings oh. apparently are like lukewarm. How much, and how much do they have crappy. to eat? Is just it just a wings. bite? It's, and it? they, you have to take one bite. They're, these are celebrities. They're not pushing them. Some of them take a tiny little bite that a little baby child would take. Um, if we were to ever do, and I think there might be a place for a Plattsburgh area hot ones. Um, you would have to host it. I mean, you would be fantastic at hosting that. It might be an interesting idea. And so, yeah, it's the 10 and it goes in order from, from classic to their, their hottest uh, sauce, which is their last dab. And that their tradition is you just put an extra little dab of it on your wing. That's one of their traditions. Oh, so the wings are all the same and they just yep. add they a little just, bit of flavor on each time. Like well, I mean, they toss, they toss them all and then they add a little extra one on the last one. Gotcha. It's just kind of that last hit. But look at look at this. When you go all the way down, look at look at where some of these go. Oh, yeah. They did just keep upping it. Now, and they have the TBA besides the ones of the new some of the new seasons because they are literally so new they haven't been tested yet. <laughs> Because there is actually like ways, like labs that'll test like what that is. Um, you just brought up the name, and the only reason I'm saying this because I've seen a couple movies recently with him. But like Ryan Gosling, pretty damn good actor. He he was in. Uh, I just started watching The Big Short. Oh yeah. Um, again, not I've yeah. seen it before, well, but sure. we just put it on. It was on Netflix. I just put it on his background. 
Um, <laughs> but you, but like, I, there's a couple movies that I've watched, like Crazy Stupid Love. Yep. That one. Um, Crazy Stupid Love. La La Land. Underratedly good movie. That's a great movie. It's a very, it's a very interconnected storyline. And um, but and a product of its time. Yeah. Like, quite frankly, it's part of that like 2010 large cast, big sprawling, interconnected comedy. Yeah. That was so popular in like uh, 2010. What was the other movie um, that had, was it Crash? Totally yes, different. Well, not funny, but was. Crash was another one, right? Yes. There's all these different storylines that yep. connected. Like, I kind of liked some of those where oh, you're like it. watching it and you're like, wait, how does this connect? And then, or why is that relevant? Um, it's almost like a Quentin Tarantino movie. He does yeah. that a lot too. And yes, I love Quint- I love his movies. But like, they go and you're like, like the one of the last ones was uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yes. And the same thing. It's like, I'm going to watch this for two and a half hours. And, and it no looks clue. like it's going nowhere. Yep. And in the last 20 minutes, you're like, that is a brilliant... The mind the mind of that guy yeah. is incredible. Well, and I have a soft spot for alternate history telling. Yeah. So that was, that was Once Upon the, a Time in Hollywood being one of the Glorious Bastards. Glorious Bastards is actually one of my favorite movies. That's a, a phenomenal. I just rewatched Inglorious Bastards for like the upteenth time. Um, Christopher Waltz is amazing oh in that. Christoph. Christoph Christop Waltz. Waltz. Yeah. Everybody in that was good. Like Eli Roth. I didn't even know Eli Roth, the horror director, was uh, <laughs> was in that. Uh, he was, I don't remember what his actual character's name is, but they called him, quote, the Bear Jew. What's it? What's his first name? Uh, it's Eli Roth. E-L-I. Um, I believe it's Eli Roth. Yeah, I just want to see him. Okay. Yeah. Yep. So he played, I mean, this was, if you haven't seen the movie, it, it's a... Uh, a clandestine group led by Brad Pitt. And can I just throw out there how much Brad Pitt wins me over every time he puts on a Southern accent? You know what's funny? Because I was watching The Big Short. Yep. Brad Pitt in The Big Short. Oh, that's right. Brad Pitt, by the way, in December turned 60. Wow. One, looking at him doesn't look that old. Two, you're also like, I can't believe Brad Pitt's 60. Yeah. Doesn't, wow. I mean, obviously the guy's like doesn't age, but I'm just saying in general. I mean, I hope I look... Maybe half as solid. He's as a Brad handsome Pitt man at fifty nine. I yeah. Listen, I've been married for six, almost sixteen years now, but I'm not too. I'm still a human. He's a good looking dude, man. Yeah, and he's I, actually. I feel like he's aged. I feel like. I mean, like in the sense of, um, he's aged well because I find. I don't know. I find him to be one of those guys that the age actually like works in his favor i think leo too leo's oh, my God. favorite actor of all time I can I, like his why. movies just flat out are my best yep i do think uh leo's also one like just over time has kept you know kept oh, yeah. in like relevancy with yeah. looks and he's not like he's like some of these guys i'm like good god like they're just falling off the- i mean now they're a little bit older but some some right. some age worse than others but oh absolutely Brad, and Brad then Pitt, you've you're got- like Paul Rudd, who does them all to shame. Yeah, Paul Rudd. Like, I, I would like to see his contract he signed with the devil. I want to see pa- Paul Rudd through the years. Well, it's just going to be the same picture. I feel like it is. <laughs> like, how is Paul Rudd in Clueless? Oh, look at this. Look at this. Oh, my good Lord. Yep. No, these are just different facial. This is what we need to see right here. There you go. Paul but Rudd's the same guy. It's, I mean, it's That's whether 30. he has a beard or not. Paul Rudd, that's 30 years different. That guy has it. Yeah. This guy right here is this guy. Yeah. It's the same guy. It's and that literally. is 26, 24 years apart, 26 yeah. years apart. Yeah. Wow. It's, it's, 
It's incredible. And I realize there's probably some uh, Photoshop happening there and likely some cosmetic stuff happening too. But who cares? Paul Rudd looks amazing. But he's. I, I also feel he's got the baby face. If you get he the does. baby face, and like that's what I'm kind of hoping because I wear a beard, but I really don't have... Like that's if I shaved, true. I would look really young. Of course. That's why uh, I haven't... I shaved for Sound of Music and my wife hated every second. How long I, have you had a beard for? Six or seven years. What, without really shaving without much? Without really, like, I can tell you the number of times I've been clean shaven by choice just because I got bored of it mm-hmm. or because I wanted to change. Like, usually it's a, I'm trimming it and I'm an idiot and didn't put the the razor guard on yep. secure enough and the thing pops off and I, I gouge half of my beard off. So I have to shave it and start over. That's yeah. 99%. If you see me clean shaven, it's because something went horribly wrong. Yeah, it's... I think I've shaved twice uh, in 10 years. That's fair. Da- like down to the skin. It's yeah. been, <laughs> it was funny. I Did you ever see my big beard? I had a beard like I could wrap around my hand like it was way down here. Oh, and no. Yeah, it was, it was substantial. Wow. I probably could pull it up, find it somewhere. But um, I'm sure. So that beard, I was like, I got to shave it because we're getting married in like three months. And it was, I, I probably grew it, I want to say it was eight months. It was eight months. It wasn't like not touching it. Like I was, sure. I was like trimming the ends off and it, it of took course. about eight months for me to go. I mean, like this right here has been from a two on the guard for about four weeks. So okay. like it kind of yeah. just grew out. I got to, yeah. I got to trim. But, um, I ended up, I was like, I'm going to take my beard down. So my wife thought it was like just taking it down to this. No, no, no. I went straight to the skin. So I went from like big beard to nothing. And I got the before and after, which were like maybe 15 minutes apart. I mean, I had to take, cl- I had to take scissors and cut the beard oh, because it was so much. Yep. Like, I couldn't do it with the, the, no, the clippers. Obviously. And, uh, she, she, I don't think she looked at me for a, a week to like started to grow. Like that something was going to back. be my question is how did she react? Oh, how she, close was the wedding to this? Uh, it was three, uh, February, probably two months away. Okay. No, like so I, a I lot up, can be a lot can be fixed in two months. Oh, it's fine. I mean, in a week, <laughs> I had like I was back to like acceptable level yes, of beard. Of but there's a few days where she's like, I don't want to see your face because yes. I look so young. But um, the other thing too is you notice like your beard shapes your face longer. It does. So when you take it off, like not that I don't, but my face is more round without the beard than yes. if I had it because I don't really have like a, a super pointed chin. Right. Same um, here. So I do find I have I feel like I have more definition to my jawline with a beard. Correct. Yes, and I I like I don't know if it like now I feel it's like a comfort thing. I think if I shave now, my kids would freak out. Probably. But um, I do trim it down typically once a month. Um, I let it go from like a two in the guard, let it grow, trim it down, just kind of play that game back and forth. Except in the winter, I will. Like right now, it's probably a little too early for me to grow my beard out. But I do like in the winter, I like to grow it a little bit just because being outside and like more for functionality than anything. But sure. um, But yeah, so I mean, that's I also so this is the other thing, too. I want to I don't know much about male um, hair and grooming and all like the weird stuff when it comes to styling. But when you look at like a Brad Pitt who goes through about I feel like it has different hairstyles. Like, yeah. So they, I'm assuming these are like extensions and stuff like that girls put in or the, you think that he actually grew his hair out that long? Not all the time, but I'm saying like, cause she uh, goes from like, question. you go from like short hair yeah. to go from this to this. I mean, that's, that's years though. To be fair, I think I feel like Brad Pitt's been going for that long hair look for a while. So I, I think for him, it looks, I had my hair like that one time. It was great. It's funny. I've been thinking. So in, 
Um, yeah. In August, I was actually in a musical at the Strand where I had a long blonde wig because I was playing. It was uh, Rock of Ages was set in the 80s. Shout okay. out to Adirondack Regional Theater. Uh, they are my ride or die. And they put on a phenomenal performance where I played a, I guess, kind of a washed up rocker who owned a, a bar in L.A. And they were you Jack really, Black's character? No, this was uh, sorry. This was Rock of Ages. So oh, not if school you've rock. Seen, sorry. Okay. Um. Yeah. And trust me, because Plattsburgh High School did School of Rock this year as well. Um, everybody was making that. So that was a so absolutely that... phenomenal. Um, it's it's all surrounding like a. It's called a jukebox musical, which just means okay. it's two and a half hours of an excuse to sing a bunch of eighties rock music with a. Decent storyline um, interspersed throughout. Please don't watch the Tom Cruise movie. Oh, it I was about to say, I mean, Tom Cruise was in Tom my... Cruise was in it. And I'm not a Tom Cruise fan, so it's... I will avoid it. It exists. It's a thing. But we okay. it's even mentioned in the musical because it is it, it takes it takes the concept and just kind of to me wrecks it, but and also Russell Brand is in it and nobody likes nobody wants to see Russell Brand right now for a very good reason. And maybe you haven't maybe you're not I even not paying attention but he's got some assault allegations against him. Oh, that's not good. But uh but yeah, so we had um you know, it was a phenomenal cast, phenomenal directing um team, the the guys at the Strand or the folks at the Strand made us look and sound phenomenal. Uh, but Jordan had like shoulder length blonde hair for that show. And I've thought about growing my hair out for the first time in my life. When was this? When was Rock of Ages done? The, That's a pretty recent cast. The movie was 2012. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Um, the show, I think the Broadway musical may have been like 08 or 09. I feel it like was early on. Uh, if you watched early days of American Idol, Constantine Morales was yeah, the star name. of that of the original Broadway show. Oh, okay, yeah, um, I remember that. And name. he was a uh, he was one of the first like in one of the first like half a dozen seasons of American Idol, and so that was that was his big like broad. I think it was his big Broadway debut. Do you and, feel that Paul Giamatti's in a bunch <laughs> of movies? I feel like if you need a fill in, he comes in for like the little supporting role. Yeah. Especially, Sorry, yeah, especially if it's, if you need somebody that, I mean, I love the guy, but quintessentially ugly. Yeah. Like he seems to really be the, like, we really need kind of the sleazeball ugly dude. Like, like the agent Paul or Giamatti like, on the phone. Or, yeah, yeah. Like, wasn't he in, uh, no. I'm, I'm seeing his character. I, yeah. It's like, it's like a Rolodex of all these movies that he's yeah. been in. Um, so, so musical theater, I want to yeah. like, what, what's your, what's your connection with musical theater so it's funny i've i've been a music person all my life um in high school i happened to go um for my junior and senior year to a high school that in our uh province was one of the i'm not i i, I want to say top ranked but it wasn't there's no ranking of it but it was really well seen as a strong school for musical theater and so it was the thing to do in my high school. Like if you played football, okay. you were in the musical. It was expected that the half, probably half the football team would be unavailable for at least a week. And that, and that wow. was at a, okay. a school where football was very important. 
even in Canada, like high school football still is important, but that tells you how ubiquitous it was. So I was in Footloose in my junior year of high school okay, um, as one of the, just a background player. Um, and then we did, um, we did West Side Story, which I wanted to do, but just scheduling conflicts. But I've always yeah. just been a fan of, of musicals. You know, musical movies. I loved Fiddler on the Roof growing up as a child. Yep. I loved West Side Story as a child. Mary Poppins, Sound of Music. You know, all of those big, those big event movie musicals um, that kind of define a lot of what we think of when we think of Broadway. And so... Does Shazy Music Theater still do it? Shazy Music Theater actually um, is... I think it's still in process, but they're merging with Adirondack Regional. Yeah. Um, they've they've had some really good, you know, that was a long history with CMT. I know they did um, some really good plays like Chitty Chitty Bang Bang a few years ago that I went and saw. It was fantastic. So I was... Sorry to cut you off. Keep going. No, I'll, I'll come back to this. So keep going. So, mu- so music theater. So yeah, so that was my, my real... It was a real passion of mine, um, but you know, it's funny. I just kind of never, I don't know if I never thought I had the bandwidth or the talent, but as an adult, I never even considered the possibility of community theater. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, there was just no awareness of it. And so, I don't know, you get more and more away from it and then... Moving to the North Country, my wife was working with somebody um, at uh, Dress Barn in the Mall, R.I.P. Dress Barn, <laughs> as a company. Um, actually, she really liked their clothes, so whatever. Um, but they they had, were part of Shazy um, Musical Theater and tried for about five years to recruit me to join that um, to join that troupe. And then to join Adirondack Regional Theater Group. Um, and it just always felt like the wrong time. And I think I still had some questions about whether I could even pull off musical theater. And then uh, Sound of Music came along. Mason Barber, who uh, directed that, um, really wanted to embrace kind of that large classic musical vibe mm-hmm. um it's a it was a big cast you're working with children a a really like if there's one movie that a lot of people will say like i i've seen it it's sound of music yeah. like if that might be their only musical uh experience and so i i've always loved the music of it i've always been a a fan of it and so when my friend Allie, uh ali reset for those that may oh, yeah. know her yeah, she's great amazing. Girl. yeah um and she she reached out and was like i think you need to audition i think this is it and i was like no it's not <laughs> and i i thought about it some more and i was like listen if there's ever a show that i know that the range is not going to be too much like all of the male range um, in that show is doable for me. Okay. And it's not a heavy, like, I mean, it's for what it is. It's a pretty heavy plot. If you know the plot, like there are actual Nazis in that movie and stage play. So, I mean, there's a lot of heavy things, but it's not, there's a lot of levity throughout the, the, the show. So you know that it's, you know, I can come in and it doesn't have to be this really serious, really strenuous thing. So I'm like, I'll try out. 
And I thought I bombed on my audition. Apparently I didn't. I know that I left the callbacks and I was like, there's no way they are calling me and offering me this role. Um, but apparently they saw the, the directing cat, the directing um, staff saw something enough to invite me to, to join the the cast of principals for that show. And I mean, it, it lit a fire. Um, some of my best friends and I don't, I mean, like I met them in February and they're, I, my pretty much my best friend now I met in February. Yeah. Um, and so, I mean, it has been a life changing experience just personally, let alone getting to really throw yourself into something that is a lot bigger than yourself, but that you can tell a story that you can make people laugh, that you can make people think, um, in rock of ages, my character was very much, um, it was two things. And it was very strange because there was a lot of, for me, cognitive dissonance because he was the comic relief in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. Like the, the show is all about like a wannabe rock star that's working at my bar. Um, trying to become a big rock star and he's a small town. He's from Detroit and he falls in love with a small town girl. And it's basically don't stop believing in a movie or in a movie or a play. Mm -hmm. And so like my character, you know, was a principal, but very much a, everything that's happening is happening to my bar and they're trying to close it down because it's set in the eighties. And if there's not a villain that's trying to shut down the popular, but unprofitable institution it's gonna happen um so i was very much my character was very much played for comic relief um but also a low-key gay icon and it's not always played like that but that character they we leaned very much into um into a plot line that could be seen as a bromance but was technically written to be a, a gay subplot. Um, and so it was such a strange thing to be the, the stoner rock guy that basically I had to act either drunk or stoned for most of the show. Um, but also low key, like being, being in something that, that also, uh, I, I felt a little bit like, even though I identify as straight, that that some queer people saw that and felt seen. And so it was a very interesting musical to be in. Um, because though I wouldn't necessarily say I, I represent anything one way or the other, um, that was such a well-received... It, it may have been... One of the highlights is I got to sing a duet of I Can't Stop, I Can't Fight This Feeling by Ario Speedwagon. And it was definitely turned into a love song between um, the main character, the the narrator for the story, um, and and myself. So it was kind of an interesting like way to kind of play around with roles and experiences and expectations. How... how um... Cause I always think like actors and, and you're like, ah, anybody could act. And you, like, when you start seeing like movies and stuff mm -hmm. and then when you start like, and, and this is more as I've gotten, you know, older and you start to, 
I, I think you should, or you should, as you get older, mm. become more self-aware and kind of understand, you know, your. I, I think my limitations and, you know, and, and uh, I also, I feel like people that act, I said, you have to be in such a free state, mm. meaning that it's, I always hear actors talk about their roles as that character, mm-hmm. like Jordan playing yep. this character, like Jordan's Jordan. Yes. Jordan is playing this character. Yes. And to have the separation, because two things, like you said, if you're playing a role that is not you that Mm -hmm. I'm I'm experiencing now or if I see at work or a function or whatever, and then you turn into like, okay, I got to play this part. And when you see the actual like pros, pros, like these, the people that do this and you just realize they can switch a gear and, you know, you Mm -hmm. hear a lot of like, like, let's say like a Joaquin Phoenix who's like known for like getting into these roles and you know, um, there was a good uh, um, Jim Carrey a movie. Oh God, um, Man on the Moon. Is it oh, um, is it, uh, yeah, Kaufman or with, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know Kaufman. what I'm talking about, right? Yeah. Um, so think, I don't know why I can't. Where basically it was like you're. It was Andy. Andy. Andy something. Kaufman. Yeah, it was Andy Kaufman. Yeah, so yeah. and it was the whole role of like. Jim Carrey, but mm-hmm. like we're talking to Andy, not Jim. And like you hear like yeah. um, Daniel Day Lewis, they oh, just like yeah. go right into, he's amazing. Yeah, You'll right into these characters and you basically live their lives. Mm-hmm. And I always find it hard because you then you go like the dark side of like, you know, um, a Heath Ledger going into it, the that Joker. That was literally my And then he like obviously that just turned into a spiral, mm-hmm. even though actual, absolutely brilliant role. I mean, won, won the Oscar was, for yeah, it. and Well-deserved. Um, Absolutely. But that's one of the ones that I I genuinely, like, I watched 10 Things I Hate About You the other day. Yeah. It's one of my favorite classic 90s comedies. Yeah. But, like, that kind of first watch of, like, oh, my God, I miss him. Like, Heath Ledger was such a great actor. Yeah. Knight's Tale, Patriot. I genuinely, genuinely love A Knight's Tale. And The Patriot was a, I mean, listen, don't come at me with the anti-Mel Gibson stuff. I realize he's not a great person. But that movie was fantastic. It wasn't historically accurate, but it was phenomenal. My 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 two favorite Mel Gibson movies was The Patriot, of course, and Braveheart. No, no, Good. no. I, I, <laughs> Braveheart, I, mean, I like Braveheart. It's Braveheart's fine. one of those movies. I like. It's okay. It's yeah. not. It's fine. Um, Braveheart is definitely. Uh, when was that made? Early nineties, mid nineties, mid nineties. I think. Like it, it just like feels that time period. Yeah. It's not a bad movie. It's it's one of those like historical things you should watch. But I think uh, that one, and then the second one is gonna be total off the cuff. It is Daddy's Home too. Oh my gosh! Wow! Did you watch I've that? I've never one? seen Daddy's. So I didn't see it's the first one. Mark so. Wahlberg, Will yep. Ferrell. Um. Uh. Oh my gosh! Uh. Third Rock from the Sun. Um. Uh, Lithgow. Lithgow. Yep. Thank you, Lord Farquaad. Oh, yeah. J- um. Lithgow, and then Mel Gibson. And Mel Gibson is oh, like. Oh yeah plays Mark Wahlberg's father. This is a comedy. This is like, yeah, it's, bu- it's based around Christmas. Right. It's just one of those movies I pop it on. It's just so stupid, but it's funny. Yeah. And it's just like zero humor. You don't have to watch it start to finish. Just pop it on laugh. Mm-hmm. And he plays like this macho Mark Wahlberg's father, but like, like the man, man, like, you know, that kind yeah. of thing. And Mark, and Mark Wahlberg kind of plays that in the first movie. Of and course. then you realize like his dad is like extreme to the point where he's right. like, dude, like, and it is actually a pretty funny movie. Oh, I'm sure. And then Lithgow plays like the, you know, like the not even close like relationship with Will Ferrell's son, mm-hmm. like goofy, like John like, Lithgow and Spades. But, but they're, yeah, they're just like, oh my son, my son. like kind of like this like 
The goofy everyman is what I call John Lennon. Yeah, and then like, and then Mark Wahlberg and his father, he's like, "What are we supposed to hug?" Like, kind of yeah. one of those things. Like, very, very more it's a tough on the exterior. It's such a fabulous Be, movie, good storyline, especially if they're playing it as a as a Bostonian, like, I, or just like the general Irish, because of course we all know it, we all know the kind of roles that Mark Wahlberg tends to to aim toward, and so I'm also sure there was a lot of a lot of cussing and slurs probably thrown in there for good measure. But he, but he ends up being like the dad, and then they realize because yeah. like, he's the tough guy in the first movie. Yeah. You realize in the second movie, like his dad is even worse, and he's yeah. like kind of almost fighting his dad off. And it's a good storyline. But it, uh, Mel Gibson's actually pretty funny. Absolutely. Um, but I think like from an actor standpoint. When you see like people play these roles and mm-hmm. you see like how they can get into a specific role. Mm. And some of these are, I mean, especially some of these, when you watch some of the roles that they have to get into and they're oh, either okay. really dark or the subject matter's dark mm-hmm. or they're at it like not something that, um, like you said, if you see, you know, a straight person playing, you know, a gay character in a play, like mm-hmm. that's not their thing, but they do it and they mm-hmm. go through it where like sure. some people couldn't do that. And right. some people are just like, hey, or you do a scene where it's like, Okay, you're doing some type of nude scene where you have right. to, or a sex scene where you're right. done, like, and obviously those are, you know, you start watching it and it's good. Like we watch entertainment, and then you actually mm-hmm. think like, could I do those roles? Right. And most people can't. No. And then, but then you also put it in where like, then you start seeing roles, which is why I love uh, DiCaprio so much. Mm-hmm. He gets into these roles and like, like just like imagine me having to act as if I hate you or screaming at you. Right. I, don't think I could do it, but right. they do it to the point where, the, and then they're like, "Okay, scene's done." Like, "Hey, you want to get dinner?" Like, I don't whatever yeah. their conversations after, but yep. you know, they get into these roles where you they're believable, and you're like, "Right, they've been able to pull that emotion or the crying or the tears or just like the shaking, like where it's like you can only get to that point." Mm. I feel like if you're if you really are experiencing that emotion, yeah, and I think there's there's something to that because I think most I think most amateur actors kind of almost have to do like a method acting light um, because there is so much, like both of the roles I have played here in Plattsburgh, I was Max Detweiler or Detweiler, um, which is how you're supposed to pronounce it apparently, um, who was Uncle Max in the movie. Um, In the movie, he's played off as much more of a, like he's a friend of the captains and he's ultimately a good guy and he's very much exonerated at the end of the film in the movie he's much more of a morally nebulous character who is for all by all accounts played as a collaborator at most or at least um and an opportunist which is a very hard it's a very challenging role to embody in that way like i didn't find necessarily finding the character kind of once you get the sense of like the character was just kind of you're a little bit more aloof. I want to, I'm desperate to utilize my rich friends to convert it into my own benefit. And that's why he got a promotion when uh, Nazi Germany invaded Austria in the, in the stage musical, mm-hmm. um, which you kind of have to, there's a lot of the boundaries that are typically in my life that I would not be comfortable with on a typical basis that you do have to either just get over or, or find a way to work through. And that was entirely true even more so with rock of ages because it was also the eighties. And so there was definitely a pervy angle 
to my character a little bit. Like I, in the script, I literally hire the lead, um, the lead woman because she bends over to pick up a lucky penny and I literally point at her ass and offer her a job. If you've met me, that is not something Jordan is comfortable with. In fact, when I read that in the script and I found out that is literally like we're doing that, that's hilarious. I texted Gabby is the name of the, the actor who's amazing, phenomenal. Gabrielle Monique Dion. I don't know why I'm dot. I mean, that's all I'm going to say. It sounds like an action. She's am- like she yeah. is. She is an actress in every way, shape and form. But I texted her. I was like, uh, can I just apologize for advance? Took a picture of the script where I, I, it says that I do that. And I was like, I am so sorry. That is not my MO. I do not like perving on people. And she's like, that's eh, for the arts. And I was like, I know. Still feels weird. Yeah. You're still my friend. <laughs> I'm still married. It's just a weird feeling. And so you you do have to. And I, for me, it, it really was like I referred to Dennis was my character's name. And so like I did refer to Dennis, not me. Mm-hmm. And for me, some of that was just, I guess, like self-protection because it felt so out of character to treat somebody like that like that's literally have never done it like not even in high school when high schoolers don't know what the heck they're talking about and stu- yeah, i did plenty of stupid things in high school but i never publicly pointed out a good butt period yeah. end of story um i i feel like yeah i feel i feel like the it, it's I, I always feel like it's a trippy thing because it plays on your mental or your mental state because yes. it depends what you're doing and, mm-hmm. and i think um you know i found I've always found it just tough for people. And again, if you're, especially if you're playing a role that has a lot of emotion to it, and mm. you know some some of the ensemble or some of the uh, supporting roles, you're, you know, you're playing like, okay, I'm playing a, a bartender or I'm playing, right. oh, you know, you know just what hard. taxi cab driver, whatever the yeah. case might be, you know, kind of the everyday person. But I feel like the ones where you're really trying to pull out the character development and the layers and mm-hmm. trying to get deep down in it, um, it's pretty wild. Like one of the books or one of the movies, remember Green Book mm-hmm. with. Um, uh, uh, Victor Mortensen and Ali Ma- yes. uh, Mahashala or whatever Ali, who, both fantastic actors. Oh, absolutely. Uh, Victor Morgan, uh, Victor Vigo, Vigo, Vigo. Yeah, yeah. Vigo. Yeah, Sorry, yeah. he's a Saint Lawrence grad. Really? Yeah, Saint Lawrence. Wow. I think he's okay. actually from like uh, I want to say Thousand Island area, something like that. No kidding. Yeah, I had no idea. But that was a good one too. But that one, obviously, like segregated South, and mm-hmm. he's, and and uh, you know Ali is a black guy going down playing mm-hmm. piano, and right. like great storyline. But you see in the development of mm-hmm. like. Um, Vigo's character going from like this living in this racial household to all of a sudden by the end of the movie he's standing up to this guy because yeah. like it's his buddy on the travel and he's like you're not talking and then it, it was like a completely different dynamic and at the Absolutely. end he invites him in for his house for Christmas I think it was Christmas whatever dinner um, but you look at that like obviously I'm sure that playing those kind of roles that especially when you're dealing with um, you know some hot bu- uh, hot button topics especially culturally mm-hmm. that they get a little more challenging and then you also see sometimes where people like I hate you, and you're like, oh, that was a role, man. Right. Like I'm not. That's not me. Yep. <laughs> like, but it, it's tough because you're 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 seeing these emotions and stuff, and um, I just find that these people that can play these roles mm-hmm. and adapt and um, pretty wild. But uh, Shazy Music Theater, I I was involved with that for I think like ten years. Oh, really? Um, so this was Aida, and this was back when I was in high school. But okay. they had a, I, I believe this was uh, Beauty and the Beast. That was like Gaston. Oh, cool. Uh, Lemire. Or Lumiere, Lumiere. Lumiere, oh yeah, yeah whatever. Yeah. Um, now this one, so we had a handful of them. Like 
you know, this was um, Be Our Guest. Oh, nice. So one of the best ones ever, I think the greatest musical they ever did was sound, um, Children of Eden. Oh. And this was about 25 years ago. Okay. They did Susical. You might know Jason Borey. You must know yep. him. Oh, yeah. So Jason. Jason's a legend. Yeah, local they legend. talk about legends. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Lo- lo- locally for the music theater, he's, he's fantastic. And he. Uh, well, not to mention improv. Improv, yep. So he did the cat in the hat. So a lot of the improv guys, Mara, Andrew, they were all part of this. Mm. Uh, Andrew Ducharme is incredible. Um, so oh, gosh, th- yeah. This was The King and I. Um, uh, and you probably know a couple people. Again, some of the younger kids are now, I mean, they're in their well in their 20s see, that's, now. That's the problem is. Half of the half of the casts in my in my two shows are like under twenty four, so I don't know that I'd recognize most of these people because so I, because I, I know I probably know them, I just don't recognize them. That's really funny. Yeah, I mean, this is uh, I know this show by reputation only. And then I got out of it. So this one right here might be this was a fantastic song, and some of these like Joe Fortin. I don't know if you know Jill. Very big in musical theater too, locally. I, I don't know how many of these people are actually still acting. Sure. Um, but God, that was a great performance. And they had a, I think this was actually on YouTube, but like this was a Beauty and the Beast. But I mean, there was uh, some, actually I'm in this photo, but we were all we did backstage. So I want to say I was, ba- sure. I was backstage. People. Oh, I wasn't, sure. I wasn't like singing and dancing. Hey, you know what? The uh, Those those stage crews, we, I legitimately, we could not put on a show without a good stage crew. You know what's funny? I remember one of the actors said to me, like, I couldn't do that. And I was like, what? Yeah. And and, and they're like, I couldn't do what you guys do. And they were, I mean, this yeah. was like, like as I mean, as genuine as could be. And I, 100%. I remember sitting there, I'm like, you mean move stuff? And like, yeah, I'd be too stressed out with the timing and yep. stuff. In my head, I was like, I couldn't go out on stage and sing in front of people. But it it's would, funny where you get the roles of what you and I and I like thrive. I love that stuff backstage, and it didn't bother me one bit. But I, there's no way I could go out and sing and dance and do all that stuff. It's just true. not at my comfort level. No, for me, I would be so I would be so nervous to be on the stage crew, mainly because <laughs> I've seen actors get mad. <laughs> There, there was some... so so I just know that if I don't if I don't put that in the exact right position, like there are at times safety concerns. You know, if you're doing a if you're doing a choreography, especially in a show um, like Rock of Ages that had some really uh, large choreo- choreography numbers, uh, dance numbers, um, ensemble singing. You know, you you have to make sure that your your props are where they need to be and yep. not not in I, the wrong place. I always thought when we were doing backstage, I, I took a lot of, we weren't there like super long. You know, we were probably there for two to three weeks tops towards mm. the end. Yeah. Um, I always really took it serious to make sure I knew every scene. I knew where stuff had to be. And not mm-hmm. only that, then I was like, okay, I know what has to go out. How can I make this the most logistically efficient in and out? Mm. And I remember... The whole reason I did that was I'm like, these people put in a ton of time. Yeah. And if I'm going to come and slack off at the end, like that's not fair to them. And I oh, remember sure. taking it very serious. And as I got older doing it, cause I started when I was like probably maybe 14, 13, 14, 15, mm. like just kind of like pulling the ropes, doing the hand stuff. And then eventually I got to the point where it was like really almost like running aside. Sure. And uh, I just, I was like very much like attention to detail. Like, mm. like we're not, 
you're paying attention. Yep. The play's going on. You're not running in the hall. Like you're mm-hmm. sitting there, you're watching the play, and mm-hmm. it's a lot. It's a long. It's a long. You know, we did five performances oh, in four days. Like. It's long, but I said you're just you're gonna focus on every and you kind of know some that I'm like mm-hmm. we have a 20 minute break, like go to the bathroom and stuff. But overall, it's like make sure you're here, make sure you're paying attention, make sure you're watching stuff because I mean you know it's music, everything's live. So like yeah. something falls, something breaks, something might a prop might get kicked out. You might just have to be like yep. someone kicks it over to you quick and you pull it off. You try to be as seamless as possible, but there's mistakes and it's everybody's Always. human. But I do think by being prepared. You limit a lot of that, and the mm. idea—it's like anything. It's almost like an ump in sports. Like you, you do a good job, and people don't recognize you. Yes. And I, I kind of look at the backstage. Like if people don't even know that you're really doing stuff, mm-hmm. and that's a good thing. Yeah. Um, but I always I feel like like you guys go in and put in you know three four some people more than that months of just intense mm. focus learning scripts showing to practice you know and you guys are you guys are doing it as. Uh, your hobbyists doing it, right. you know what I mean? So it's like you have jobs and you have careers, you have kids and mm. families and you know responsibilities. Of course. So I, I, that's always just something I, I focused on a lot with that. It was like, how can we just make this and improve the product that's going on stage for the people that are putting the time in, mm. the people that have the investment, you have people that are spending money to come watch this, like, like put out a good product. And that's yeah. kind of, and I think Shazy Music Theater always did that. Yes. Um, and I think it ended up becoming, and like I said, a lot of people I think that are in the, I haven't seen many of the strain performances, just, sure. you know, it's yeah. hard to get out with kids and stuff. Of but, course. Um, I see a lot of photos and like a lot of the people that are in it, there's a lot of Shazy like alumni yes. people. And it's just cool that like you you mentioned um, Allie. I don't know if Allie was in Shazy, but Sarah Munson she was. was a big oh, part she definitely of was. Allie she was. actually, uh, Allie directed uh, Chitty Chitty Bang Bang for CMT. Oh, so she was probably after I was, but Sarah I, Munson was, was Sarah, involved. Sarah Munson. She's fantastic. Uh, amazing. Uh, talk about legends. That girl. She's yeah, amazing. Sarah, uh, she's, I was going to say, she was. Um, what the heck was it? Not. She played a really good role as her first year in. I want to say it was Gypsy. Okay. Was there th- uh, Gypsy? She played like Mama something. I'm, she was, I'm like, not the sure. Mother, and she was, this was so before good. my time. Very. And that's the first time we met her, and she was just very, yeah. very good. Um, Jackie Roberton. She was. Yep. I mean, she, I know she's still involved, and yep. uh, yeah, it's amazing. It's one of those unique things in the North Country, and and this is true in musical theater. This is even weirdly true of like karaoke we we are we have a larger than you would expect group of talented artists in the north country in a way that i haven't really seen like it's there it's a higher per capita than most places yeah like the fact that there are especially music too there's some good musicians around here so i mean when you think through like this is just commute there's two there's two regional community theater groups plus Plattsburgh High does one and the high a lot of the high schools are also doing their own musicals mm-hmm. and some of them are bringing in like outside talent but I mean most of them they are bringing in their teenagers and so you're looking at this this really like some of these small schools even are putting on better than you'd expect shows because there's just so much musical uh, musical talent, whether it's the vocals or like some of these high school shows have like orchestras, like pit orchestras. Yeah. And it's because like there is still, for whatever reason, there seems to be uh, a recognition of the importance of, of music mm-hmm. in the life of a person. I don't know if that's what it is, but it seems like there's a, a larger love for music in the North Country than I expect. Yeah, I, I, 
like I love music, like just mm. in general. I of listen course. to music all the time. Yeah. Like you know, I, I I try to go to live music every year. Now this sure. is just like you know concerts or whatever. Oh, yeah, yeah. But even small scale, large scale, just yep. there's something about music. It's just like makes me happy. It's yeah. just I don't know. It's just something. It's like one of those like uh, you know outlets where you can just relax and it's just you yeah. Know, I and like I said, musical theater too. You just hear like the sound and it, it's a uh, it's kind of like a universal language. You know, people yeah. no matter where you go, it's like you hear music mm-hmm. like. Everybody can enjoy music. Yeah. It's, I don't know. It's just cool. Music it is. is cool. Absolutely. And it, it says more. You're able to communicate so much yeah. with so little. And it's it's beautiful. Uh, even things like karaoke. Like you learn a lot about people based on their song choices that yeah. they sing. What or, would you sing for karaoke? What? I sing. I'm a chameleon. So it depends on where I'm at at the day. Um, I, I, I love going old school 90s hip hop. Um, like the Vanilla Ice style '90s hip hop. Stop. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's one of my. That's one of my Your jams. <laughs> um, I, I have gotten into because of Rock of Ages. I've really gotten into like stretching my rock vocals. So like, I've I do, um, a lot of like punk rock or like um, what do they call it? Like post hardcore. Like your. Uh, Rage Against the Machine, okay. not Rage Against the Machine, System of a Down. I've done um, Aerials by System of a Down, Toxicity. Um, Chop Suey. I've done Chop Suey yet. They, he goes a little hot, too high for my vocal range in the the bridge for that. I'm a huge System of a Down fan. That's when I was in high school. That they that were my favorite clap, band. Yeah. Um, That's funny. Them and Rage Against the Machine. Yep. And I feel like I like them more in 2023. Both of the bands because I feel like the they're they they were both very political in the 90s and early 2000s, and the messages. Haven't changed that much. Are they they still actively touring. Rages, but uh, Rage just went back touring. I don't think System is. I know their lead singer Surge did did his own thing for the longest time, but I mean everybody's getting back together. Even NSYNC, it seems like, are getting ready to tour again. Oh so. really? Yeah. Backstreet Boys made a major splash again. Oh, they did. I'm. It's so funny because I was in the in the '90s and early aughts. I was a boy band fan weirdly enough i got i think everybody was in the early 90s yeah i got super super obsessed with no strings attached really that album i oh yeah and that yeah. that whole sync album i was actually just talking to my wife last I'd night about this hear the sa- yeah sorry keep keep yeah going. um that album like i, I know song list. all the deep cuts like from that album don't, it's gonna <laughs> it's gonna come back to me I, just, I mean i had this album so um, like the um, oh my God, Space Cowboy! I, I know, Just like the fact paid. that I'm pretty sure the last song is "I Thought She Knew," which is an acapella song about like oh, I thought she, lo- I thought she knew how much I loved her, you know. Um, but yeah, like s- even the like digital get down is terrible. It's basically about um cyber sex. Um, and I remember that being super controversial. Bringing the noise is like so awful, but so but how, fun. How big was that album? When that came oh, out, it was so massive. That I mean, was incredibly big. Just the first two songs, "Bye Bye Bye" and "It's Gonna Be Me." Um, if not for the music, those music videos out probably outlasted the songs. Like if you were around in those days, you remember the "It's Gonna Be Me" marionette video. Like you remember them being on the strings right and oh no, sorry, scrap. I mean that's no, they're probably gonna give you the music video here. Probably yeah, and it's yeah. it's it's really good. Um, but then I saw a TikTok last night that says 
listen, we're watching. We watched NSYNC for the dance moves. And have you seen the NSYNC boys lately? <laughs> because even JT, his moves, uh, he hasn't moved like this in 10 years. Yeah, he's not doing these kind of. No, I, he he. I I think a lot of these though, it's muscle memory. They grew up dancing. They can t they can I, turn it back on. I th and I think like there was a video. I mean, maybe that, not Joey Fatone, but we can. I mean, listen, Joey Fatone. Weirdly enough, is one of my favorite members of the band, based solely on his presence in the My Big Friend. Is that JC wedding. right? Is JC the center guy? Yes. And he's got long hair now. It's God, super weird to this me. This is such a good like music video. Yeah. Yeah, name all the guys if you remember JT, Joey, JC. Well, I know there was the two guys that I, I think there's two guys. I think it's Justin, JC, Lance, Lance Bass. Um, yeah, you're right. You got Joey Fatone and the other guy. I think his name is Chris. The guy, the guy with the little soul patch. Yeah, and the little, yeah. Was it Chris? Something, something. I think it's Chris something. It, I always feel bad because it's like that. Well, Backstreet Boys has the one guy too, and I forget yep. his name. He's got. He always. I mean, used to wear I, the fedora. Oh yeah, I think you know what I'm talking about. Isn't that Kevin? I don't know. No, Kevin was the he was the oldest one. He was the big right, 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 right. Because Kevin was quite yeah, a bit older. No, I that's think right. Than, uh, Kevin was the older one. Because who was the youngest? Was it uh, Nick? I think Nick Carter. I, my wife would be able to tell you yeah. she was Team Backstreet Boys. Not I mean, that I knew her. Backstreet Boys were better singers, time. though. They were. They oh, were yeah. The better. Yeah, you listened to they. Yeah, you listened to Backstreet Boys for the music, and you listened to InSync for the dancing and the beats. Yeah, I mean. I'm just so I I mean bye 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 and it's gonna be yeah. me. Those are obviously everybody knows those songs. Space Cowboy. <laughs> I know the song. I just want to hear it. That's probably the one I know the least. There goes your deep. There goes your monetization on this episode. I, <laughs> I don't make no money on this. Find me on Patreon. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, I just want to hear the noise. Yeah, I mean, this was not a, yeah, this was a deep no. cut. Just got paid. That's, that's a dub, de deep cut. Um, I know oh my every God, I this one too. word of this song. Literally yeah. every word of this that. song. This, I this promise is, you. That this was... is probably my favorite song on the album. Makes Which one? Ill. Really? It's, uh, for me, it just was such a fun song. And that's the thing about all of their music. Like, they they didn't talk about anything important. No. They didn't talk about, like, that. it was a lot of um, lot of sizzle and very little steak. Yeah. Um, but that's okay, because you, you went, I went to NSYNC because I wanted something sugary. Like, I wanted a dessert. <laughs> so if you're, if so you don't remember the late 90s, early 2000s internet, a song like Digital Get Down is going to be the most confusing idea because they're talking, I'm pretty sure they're talking about chat rooms. Probably back and then. And like ICQ style instant messaging. So this is just for the fun of it. Billboard Top 100. I want to see like late 90s, 2000, like the TRL eras. Because that was my... TRL, baby. So I just remember like... In sync, Backstreet Boys, and then 98 Degrees was like the 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 third uh, mm -hmm. was the run of that group. Absolutely. And then you had obviously Britney Spears, mm -hmm. Christina, Christina Aguilera, yep. um, Destiny's Child, mm -hmm. um, and th those were kind of the major. Yeah. I would say the, the, I mean Destiny's Child was the three girls because Beyonce wasn't on her own oh, at that point. Right. But Christina Aguilera, Britney Spears were certainly. Mm -hmm. 
I feel like uh, like then there was like Jessica Simpson, which was kind of yep. like the 98 Degrees of the Girl Bands. Like you know, she was <laughs> that's she was like so the, funny, right? Because she was like the that's third. funny specifically because didn't she marry Nick Lachey for 98? Wasn't Nick Lachey in 98 Degrees? Like that's yes. just really funny. Were they married? They, oh yeah, they, they were married. They had the. Oh gosh, they had the reality show that was like awful. Okay, that yeah. was the one where she thought there were chick. Like, it, I feel like that was when we found out that she didn't know what tuna was. <laughs> like, I think it was, was on that, that show that we oh, found, really? you found out that she did not know. She was like, "It's uh. water chicken," because <laughs> they call it the chicken of the sea. Oh well, hey, you know it's that. Just, I mean, I, I feel like that's more your upbringing than anything else. Oh, like, I feel like you got to know what, what tuna is. I mean, uh, yeah. Let's see what ninety-eight. We're gonna. I just want to go like top five. Oh boy, Brandy in the Monica? boy is mine. That was number one. The boy is mine. Man, that was huge. I was only thirteen. Shania Twain, but still the one. Yep. Savage Garden. Oh wait, Shouldn't no, am I missing? No, next. What the hell is that song? I have no idea what that is. Candle no. in the Wind was great. Elton Candle John. in the Wind. Well, gosh, yeah, that, that was, was going to be that, Casey and JoJo, all Janet, my all my life. Yeah. Leanne Rhymes. I mean, it's funny. Like oh, what yeah. we see. This is ninety eight. Yep. Well, and it's funny how Will songs Smith like "How Do I Live" is funny. Because Shout I think, out to Usher, dude. Wow. Usher's... I mean, I knew he had a career, but my land, I didn't know it was that long. Wow. I just want to give a shout out to number fourteen, one uh, Mr. William Smith. His "Getting Jiggy with It" song. No, 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 Big Willie style. Hey, yeah, Big Willie style. What I was is up next by man. Too Close? I, I've, I, I've never heard of the song, nor have I heard of the artist, which I'm very disappointed in. How has there been a number? How was no, there? No, it's a one-hit wonder. It's like Macarena. It's, it's. We're gonna, we're gonna hear it right now. It's gotta be next. Too. I, I'm sure the second, the first, the first note plays, I'll recognize it. I've never heard this. I, but maybe by name, by name, I've never heard right. this. 98. All right, let's listen. Someone's screaming at us right now like you've heard Probably. this song. Oh my gosh, yeah, I do know this. Wow. 98, this was the this, number one song? I See, and that's what? the thing. Like, I feel like, and mind you, I was... um. I was I was raised in a very um, conservative Christian home, so I my my fallback for a lot of those like late mid to late nineties songs that I don't know is hey I was homeschooled in the late nineties, so that's my excuse. But I know, but but Will, but Will Smith at fourteen for just get like or uh, sorry getting jiggy with it, and then that my heart will go on in nineteen ninety eight. Titanic was the number one movie. I, well, in let's see if ninety seven. Let's see oh, if ninety seven. Yeah, let's find out ninety seven. That might be the maybe number one. my heart will go on is just carrying over into ninety. So ninety seven was the first year that I kind of started knowing like my music, like as sure. a kid, like getting into it. Candle in the Wind. Jewel. I mean, that makes sense. Shout oh out to goodness. Jewel. Have you heard her story? Yeah, Ooh. she's got a. She's got an. Speaking of Ice Road Truckers, that's her family. Um, Elton John, Jewel, really? Puff Daddy, Faith Evans, Tony Braxton, Puff Daddy, Spice Girls. Okay, nobody Let's hold go. me down. Um, that's wild. So Spice Girls, that was ten. Yeah. Hanson Umbop was twelve. Have you ever listened shout, to again, the shout lyrics out to of Umbop though? I, I, not so. I I don't know. Should I, I? I'm a bit. Well, maybe you probably will want to now. Um, that song has a surprising amount of depth to it for. A, Song with a chorus is mbop bop ba doo wop 
that is song the contains lyrics like so hold on to the ones that really care because in the end they'll be the only ones there wow deep like i mean a a surprising for a bunch of kids that i just i was annoyed by hansen in 1997 like i thought it was just a bunch of little kids pretending the to Jonas be Brothers of the of the well, 90s. I didn't know who the Jonas the Jonas Brothers weren't even no, figments they, in their parents' imagination yeah, yet. Were, um but yeah that 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 song um for a song featuring ch- literal children God. it had it had surprising levels of depth. I mean 1999 man what a year. S- so Santana Rob Thomas Smooth that was classic. Oh, Smash Mouth yes. All-Star I'm your angel, R. R. Kelly, back when he was, you know, still relevant. Uh, Backstreet Boys, I want it that way. Goo Goo Dolls Slide, which I still love to this day. Oh, man. Goo Goo Dolls still slide. Ricky Martin, Living La Vida Loca. Oh, wow. It's so strange to think that I lived in a world before Living La Vida Loca or Baby One More Time. Genie 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 in a Bottle. bottle. Baby One. I'm surprised. No Scrubs. Let's be real. Like, No Scrubs really has and shares Believe. I mean, Cher changed music. Cher changed music with that song. T-Pain would not exist without Cher. Cher crawled so the teen pain could run. Ooh, shout out to T-Pain. That man has more talent. Owned it. Owned it. That man has more talent. Like, it's Where's amazing. 2000? We go 99. Do I got a 2000? Yeah. Oh. No, just we. 2000, Black Hole? Nobody wants to remember that year. I get. I, mean, I don't know. I, don't I feel like 2000, like 2000 was some bangers. Yeah. Ludicrous. Oh, sorry. At the Lifehouse. Sorry, dyslexic. So fun, fun fact about the number one song from the year two thousand. Moment. It's two thousand. Hanging by a moon. Yes. So in two thousand and one, I was a sophomore in high school, and Lifehouse had. They were hanging by their moment at that point. They were the biggest thing in the world, and I had a friend who was trying to set me up with a mutual friend. I feel like that moment um got snapped. And it's it's so fun. Oh yeah, um, like they so they kind of disappeared mm-hmm. not too long after that. But mm-hmm. she her 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 big pitch to get us together was, well, you like Lifehouse and she likes Lifehouse, That's and so I'm like, funny. even in the moment at 14, I was like. Yeah, but everybody likes Lifehouse, though. Like, that's not that's not saying, like, there are some niche music that it's like, I know not a ton of people listen to. Um, and it's like, if you came to me and was like, oh, hey, my favorite band is Mariana's Trench. I would be surprised. They're my favorite band. Um, and not a lot of people in America know about them, but I've been a fan since 2001 in their first album. And they're a, they're a Canadian band. So if somebody was like, hey, you should get to know this friend of mine. That's their favorite band. I'm going to sit up and listen. But if you come to me, it's like, hey, you should go hang out with uh, with this guy over here. You know who his favorite band is? Queen. You probably have something in common. It's like, yeah, him and like literally. Speaking of Canada. Anybody with the, ears. Look at the number one song of 2020 or 2002. This song gets an unfair amount of hate. Nickelback that, that band gets an unfair amount. Of Nickelback hate. is not near. Listen, Chad Kroger is an asshole by all accounts. I don't know if I'm even allowed to say that on the pod. I apologize. You can say whatever you want. <laughs> um, I think Nickelback is like not Nickel- not terrible. I don't like Chad Kroger, but Nickelback ostensibly is as inoffensive as they come, and I think that's why people hated them. It's not that they were untalented. It's like why this guy? Why this band? Why this band? There's there's like Chad Kroger's voice is fine for what it is, but he's not a great vocalist. No. Their music is has no 
It's not even that it's not complex. It's not even like for pop music. It's not even complex for pop music. Like it's, it's a it's a oh, four chords. I, it's not great, but it's not it's not terrible. It doesn't deserve right. the amount of hate it gets. It's not great, but it's it's still okay. Oh yeah, and I think it's I think there was the pushback because it's easy to understand why why like when you see a number one hit like Old Town Road, like Old Town Road, like. At the moment, people liked it because it was like, oh, this is different. This is weird. What's this hip hop guy doing a country song for? Like, yeah. it, it had a novelty to it. You know, the Macarena had a novelty to it that carried it. And Nickelback is like, I don't know, they were a, they were just an okay rock band that I, had a moment at the right place at the right time, and they seized it for the last. 25 I years. just remember the song I heard all summer long that year was The Middle by Jimmy Eats World. Oh, yeah. And then the other one that I liked was Avril Lavigne when she yep. came out. Because she was like the anti-Britney Spears. Yep. I don't know if she really was. It was kind of like pink. Like, but they were great. Good yep. singers. She's uh, Canadian. It was, a, it was a big deal. Do you know the rock band, uh, Sum 41? Yeah. Uh, it was a big I don't even Fat know. Fat Lip. Uh, yeah, Fat Lip, um, Still Waiting, uh, In Too Deep, really great. Band. Oh, yeah. Um, Avril Lavigne married the lead singer of Sum 41, who was also a Canadian band, and that was Derek something, a right? big deal. Yeah. I Honestly, you could tell me, and oh, God, Get Low, by Lil Jon and the Now we're starting to get to like- Yin Yang Twins. That's really disappointing. Ying, that whatever the, happened to Ying Yang Twins or Little? I mean, not, I mean, East Side John's Boys still around. I don't know who the East Side Boys are. I know the Ying Yang Twins have that uh, whisper song. That you that was a meme for a while that they literally just did the whole song like how you doing, little mama? right there. Uh, God, man, this is well. Two thousand three is the crazy year I, love. The year I graduated high school, so I have I could probably tell you a story for every one of these. Songs. I mean, you can tell. Look, I mean, just look at the top. Yeah, four. Yeah, Fifty Cent, R. Kelly, Sean Paul, and Beyonce featuring Jay Z. Yeah, I mean, basically, you started to know where music was starting to head at that point. Yeah. Oh, it's it's definitely Chingy, yeah, him. Like some Lil of John. some of them, I don't necessarily recognize, but I mean, there was some staying power here. Shake a tail feather, like like Nelly, like Nelly really taking off. Fifty Cent, like Fifty Cent but, having a moment. But you can see they're all getting pushed up. Yep. Where some of the uh, maybe the old guards at that time. Oh yeah, that was a big. They, the early aughts were such a weird time. Um, wow. In all of its media. Like when you watch, when I watch movies from the early 2000s, it's Usher, like, man. just like, man, shout yeah. out to Usher. He, Usher's had a good career. And you know what? Cause I'm looking at it. Uh, Maroon 5. Say what you will about Adam Levine. And I can say a lot. I'm not They're a Canadian too, right? I don't know. I don't think so. I thought they were. Okay. I mean, I, I don't, I'd have to check with the Canadian Rolodex, but like, I'm, I I I I think the the longer he's around, he's Adam's probably becoming the like you either die a hero or long, live long enough to become a villain. Like I think he's kind of become that uh, almost almost a villain status. But early Maroon Five was so good, like legitimately this love that whole um. I can't even think of the name of the the album, which is going to bother me. But that whole album was so good. Um, their first couple of records were solid. And but well, by the way, how does Outcast, who I love, by the way, yeah, the way you move was five, but Hey Yeah was eight. I never would have. I would have thought Hey Yeah would have been one, two, or three. That song yeah. was played. I mean, again, I mean Hey Yeah, maybe Hey Yeah just became more. You, it was more of a 
cult hit than. I thought it was. I love that song. I like see it to this day. I'm like, oh yeah, shake it like a Polaroid picture. I've I've done that in karaoke actually. Now let's so, see. Let's play a game called now. How many of that of 2022s have I heard of? <laughs> no, I, I'm, th- I'm thinking the same thing. I Glass Animals Heat Wave. I have no clue. I don't even know who Glass Animals are. Harry Styles. I know I mean, who he is. Don't I know, know who that song. He is. Stay, I know. The kid Leroy, 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 right? L A R. I don't, I, don't, I, I don't know. know. I know the song. Adele, I saw her in concert. I don't. I don't know that song. Easy on me, but oh, I, easy I love on Adele. me was a good song. I don't know. I sh- obviously I know Ed Sheeran. I, I know. don't know what Shivers. So I have a bone to pick. I don't know who Jack like, Harlow I appre- is. I will say I appreciate his ability to adapt Ooh. in the music biz. Elton John. I don't like the new Ed Sheeran music. Like his first couple of albums that were real like the folksy down like folksy oh. stuff was so up my alley and he's kind of gone a little bit more into like the dance F- slash future hip-hop. is that like old school future or is that am I thinking of the wrong guy uh so out I of mean, all he's, he's, top... it's featuring Drake so I assume so it's... I'm gonna go up to sixteen because that's where I have right here yeah I don't know who Lil Nas X is yeah that's the Old Town Road guy. Okay. So that uh, oh, I know that song. So yeah. that's okay. I don't know him. I mean I didn't really know him. Yeah. I know Imagine Dragons. I saw uh-huh. them years ago. They're good. Ed Sheeran I know. Yeah. Lizzo I've heard about. I don't know her her music. Obviously Elton John, classic. Bieber I know. Kodak Black never heard of. Lado never heard of. Wait, maybe I'm wrong. Is Lado country? Uh or is that I have no idea. Okay, then I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Jack Harlow, I know that name. I if I'm guessing, I'm gonna guess hip hop just because. Okay, that's I, really that's a safe guess in music Jack over Harlow? the last five years. Um, okay, I was actually thinking like acoustic, but I don't know. I don't know. Who think, Jack- with the last name Harlow, it sounds like it should be. But I which want, one acoustic? I I would expect a Jack. If you're gonna say like I would think he's kind of like a Harlow similar album? Ed Sheeran kind of style, yes. but I don't know um, who he is. But I don't think he is. Okay, no, I don't fine. think I. I it's, it, like I said, well, for, I don't. Most of these. I still now they say that you li- tend to listen to the song the music you listen to in high school. Yep. I, um, I, I still listen to m- the majority of my music is from 1998 to 2008. Yep. Um, I graduated college in 2007, and so so this is the number one. So- sorry, why are you just talking? This is the number one song in America, in the world. Billboard's at America or world? Must be were uh, U.S. I would assume U.S. Okay. I just want to hear and, if I've actually heard of this song. Yeah, right. I mean, it might have been his problem. If it was a TikTok fad, I, I was on TikTok enough in 2022. Oh, it's that. Yeah, I know this. You song. know the song? Isn't that the uh, sometimes all I think about is you? Yeah. Yeah, I know it because of TikTok. It was a TikTok hit. It's fine. No, it's inoffensive. Yeah, never heard That's, of it. There's Angels. a whole conversation in music happening right now. Shout out uh, to Glass Angels. Friend of the pod. Glass Animals. <laughs> glass, glass Animals, animals. not Glass Angels. Right. Glass Animals. Yeah. Shout out. But uh, but yeah, like it's so interesting. There's a whole conversation that's happening about the TikTokification of music. Um, especially after that whole did you ever did you hear anything about the Sam Smith? Oh, what's the name of that big song? Mommy don't know, Daddy's getting hot at the bu- uh, unholy. It was a big thing. It was, it was fine, but it was a TikTok sensation, and it's a two-minute song. Okay, and so there was just it. It kind of became a flashpoint oh, yeah. of like that was such a short song that there was a lot of conversation about like the impact of TikTok and that being the like yeah. exhibit A of you know usually you're doing three to four-minute songs, and number eighty 
from last year is Rockin' Around the Christmas Tree by Brenda Lee. I just, just want to point this out. So, some of those, if you ever look, some of these that come back, Mariah Carey. Oh, I mean, yeah. Every year. All I want for Christmas is you. It's but, typically number one in the, but, every year. And then number 86 is Jingle Bell Rock. Number yeah. 89 is Holly Jolly Christmas. Yep. That needs Burl to Ives. be. Yeah. 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 I know it's, it's weird how the staying power, some of the, just because of the yeah. one holiday. Interesting. Yeah. I don't know. What a there's world. Most of those people I've never heard of in my life. No. But you know what? That's music for you. And that's phenomenal. And I'm just going to go back to 1941. This is the last right, thing. Then we got to wrap it up. Let's, let's, yeah. <laughs> this is the last one. 1941. Let's see. Top three. Oh, I know the Chattanooga Choo Choo. Yeah. Glenn Miller. Shout out. Boogie Wiggy Beautiful. Bugle Boy. Number four. Yep. Wow. Um, I don't Kay. know who I Sammy K is, but I wonder if he's related to Danny K. Duke Ellington. Billy Holiday. Duke Ellington. I know. I think that's where God, Ron Swanson got the Duke Silver name Shout out name to Jimmy from. Dorsey, man. He really lighting it up back then. Oh, man. Billy Holiday. Billy Holiday is solid. Uh, Glenn Miller to, Band. Any relation to Buddy Holiday? I think it's Buddy Holly. Buddy Holly. My bad. That's I, fine. Lo- I, lo- I'm tired today. That's fine. Sorry. <laughs> it's been a long time. We've, had, we've I, been talking for two hours, too. My uh, Actually, so... Um, Buddy Holly, I did a deep dive on him one time. So long. This I'll leave a story here. I was listening to the Grateful Dead playing at Cornell recently. The the, the when they played this year back in May. Yeah. Started listening. Went to a deep dive. Was watching the set list. They played "Not Fade Away." I'm like, great song. And I'm like, oh, you know, must have been their song. I'm like, no, it's a cricket song. Well, who's the cricket? So I look up the crickets. Crickets was Buddy Holly's band. Buddy obviously oh, died in right. a plane ca- crash. Mm-hmm. Famous. Um, and then you start going into the deep dive of him and how he influenced music. And mm-hmm. the reason the Beatles are named the Beatles was after the crickets because they're both insects. Yeah, that's a true story. <gasps> and most of, uh, all the way down to uh, Keith Richards, um, you know, Mick Jagger, mm-hmm. all these guys like like Buddy Holly was like their guy. The Beatles, that was their guy. He passed away. And then obviously the torch has been carried by all these people. But it's kind of like the first like foray into yeah. rock and roll. And uh, you look at a lot of his old music with like the mm-hmm. the wire rim glasses and yep. play like kind of like the three major chords. And, oh yeah. Um, I mean, he. I, cool. I think Buddy Holly really did like pioneer what became like the four chord pop song, mm-hmm. if I understand it correctly. Like he, that's the that's the reason. Like yeah. the the, I mean, in the key of G, like that G C E minor D four chord hit. You put a you Have put you ever a seen the four chord guys and they just play all the songs. Yeah, yeah, I think what was that? Good. The Axis of Evil. Shout out to friend of the pod, yes. Axis of Evil. Yeah, wow. Uh, good, good, <laughs> from good like call. fifteen years good ago, call. but I was obsessed. I I probably could do half of that song if I needed to. Um, well, that was a uh, wasn't it the whole thing with Ed Sheeran. He actually like played those a bunch of those songs. Like he did. these are how many songs use these chords. Like yep. I'm not, whoever the guy was saying he oh, copied yeah. his music. Oh so. yeah, and that's just like that is like an eight minute like an eight minute song that they could have done a 16 scratch minute the surface yeah because it and I mean, they're all it, only like a 10 se- like five to 10 second oh, clips yeah. of each song yeah it's 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 literally a, a a huge montage bing crosby bing crosby i am i'm a huge fan of the bing frank sinatra tommy dorsey um, oh the crooner music the crooners yeah. i one of my favorite Memories music. God, Jimmy Dorsey, man. Sorry. Jim, oh, Tommy I mean, and Jimmy Dorsey. These yep. guys are lighting it up. Judy Garland. Shout out to that, that her tragic life, number 29. Um, yeah. But uh, but I got to see in 2017 or 2016, I got to see Tony Bennett wow. in Vegas. He was doing a residency in Vegas. 
And I mean, he that even just seven years ago, he was still in his 90s. And I tell you what, that man, I think it was 92. At 92, Tony Bennett still had it. He he walked out on that stage and sang for 90 minutes, and he owned that stage for 90 minutes. That's wild. And That's so wild. And it's it's amazing because it in, in some ways it's like Tony Bennett really did. Like he was for whatever reason he was the crooner I was most aware of. Like I I knew Frank Sinatra, Dean Martin, mm-hmm. Bing Crosby, like the their for their forefather of that genre. Um, uh, Nat King Cole, like you know the Rat Pack guys, Michael Bublé. <laughs> oh, I mean, yeah, Michael Bublé. Shout out Canadian, Canadian. Vancouver zone. Um, I I love. But no, Tony Bennett's about ready to come out from the ground right now for the season. Oh, yeah, Christmas is coming. He's coming up. Christmas Getting is coming. Getting those pipes ready. You know, there's something to be said for him and, uh, oh, the When a Man Loves a Woman guy, singer, oh, Michael Bolton. Michael yeah. Bolton. They have wow. both responded very well to, they had a niche. Like a typecast kind of? That Well, they had a niche that they got typecast into. Like, I remember when Michael Buble first came out and it was kind of seen as, oh, it's a revival of the crooners. Mm. And he really did. I love his, I loved his album. Great singer. Very talented. Yep. But I think he knew that there's, that he, in a lot of ways, was novelty, but was still able to translate that into some type of career where Michael Buble is still relevant. And Michael Bolton... I don't know what the what the connection is there, but Michael Bolton and Michael Bublé are still relevant because, I mean, Michael Bolton just kind of became a parody of himself, which is great. Good for him. Power to Reinvent. him for, for letting the Lonely Island make him swear multiple times in a song about Jack Sparrow and the Pirates of the Caribbean. And suddenly he's like, people find me funny now. And most of his stuff is just doing off the wall stuff with Lonely Island, and it's a it's a weird thing that like who would have thought? Um, that's uh, Andy Sandberg's. Andy group. Sandberg's yeah. that yeah. Andy Sandberg and like he's been in he's been in uh, like movies that Andy Sandberg has been in like that pop star movie he did a few years ago. Like he was it, in that as a like it was dumb. It was very stupid. Um, but but he. Credit where credit is due. Um, God, he's forty-five. Oh, I I refuse to believe it. He's wow. like he, Andy Samberg is perpetually twenty-eight. Yeah, I, I. But he's older than me, and I knew that. So I would have thought. I would have thought like. Well, in my eyes, I would have yeah. said maybe late thirties. Yeah, but I guess it makes sense considering like how old I was when he really started breaking out on SNL with. Um, he's also a guy that also has not aged. Yes, that is true. And just shout out uh, Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Um, and this is a controversial it. take. Um, it is the best movie. There's the best series of the Michael Schurverse because Michael Schur oh, was involved your... in Parks and Recreation, which is Don't. which is unequivocally one of my favorite shows. If you're going to say it. I'm... I am going to say it. I'm going to say it. Uh, Brooklyn Nine-Nine is better than The Office. Okay, that's the end of the show. Is that really? It's been great. It's that's been your great. Hot, be- that's your hot take? I mean, it's not even, it's not that hot of a take. I've been saying this for years. People just aren't listening. Um, people, listen, The Office in America broke ground. And I will say that Jordan just like, Jordan just shanked me in the side of the ribs. Right? I, but listen, I, that's not to say that I don't like The Office. The, but I believe that The Office was groundbreaking. The Office crawled so that Parks and Rec could walk so that Brooklyn Nine-Nine could run. That's a hot take. And and I think some of it is, I, I also just think I've, 
most of the office was was found in the cringe comedy and i just, absolutely i i i feel that there's it's more well-rounded in brooklyn 99 um char- the characters are so good the ca- the character of captain raymond holtz um is my favorite one of my favorite characters in all of television this straight-laced um ca- uh, police captain that is you know playing the straight man to to uh, Andy Samberg's goofy um you know uh, rules you know rules be damned kind of cop um but he is he is so funny and such an accomplished actor that he brings some real gravitas to it um here, here's here's a real controversial take this is a hot take you want to hear you want to hear a hot take <laughs> Captain Raymond Holt is a better character than Ron Swanson well, I've never seen Parks and Rec. <laughs> oh, okay. I've never seen Parks and Rec. If you, I, I put, would, put it, can you put it in, in terms of The Office? Would that be Dw- Dwight Schrute? Oh, Captain Raymond Holt is a demonstrably better character than Dwight Schrute. Objectively, a better character. Okay, he is better. He is. He is. He is in every way because Dwight Schrute was funny, but I didn't care about his life. His life was comedy to me. Um, yes. I care about Captain Raymond Holt's dog. Because Captain Raymond Holt is my whole world. When I watch that show, he is everything. And that's what you that's what you hope for. It's what you dream of as an actor, is that I can I can be in a show that will say, Ron Swanson who? Dwight what? Isn't that the beat guy? Wow. <laughs> wow. Isn't that that weird dude that like I'm I'm now gonna do a deep dive on Brooklyn Nine Nine and figure out Brooklyn Nine Nine. Is it done now? Yeah. Oh yeah. It's it's done. Brooklyn Nine Nine is a to me. It's it's really good because I feel like what um what Michael Schur was able to perfect with Parks and Rec, um he really was able to I think be able to explore and- a lot more breadth. Um, then he was able to even with Amy Poehler, who is phenomenal, so, uh, easily so, one of my top five. So actresses. for people that don't know who Michael Schur is, if you've watched The Office, he's Moe's. Moe's. Yes. So, yes. My, and he's, he's like a legend. Oh, absolutely. Within, yes. Absolute absolutely. Moe's. And so, um, and just so those that may not know, if you also watch The Good Place, I think The Good Place is super underrated. Um, okay. very divisive. Um, but that was also his brainchild. Um, and he also... I feel like he's doing something new, but I can't remember what. Michael Schur is the son-in-law of Regis Philbin. No kidding. Yeah. Right there. Married his daughter, oh, Jennifer. J.J. Philbin. What a world. All right. We're going to wrap it up there. Got to Regis and Joy's daughter. Wow. Shout out to Regis. Shout out Notre Dame. Big big alumni. Um, R.I.P. Um, yeah. Um, one of the greats. All right. I'm going to wrap it up there. Jordan, always a pleasure. Always. We managed to talk the entire time without talking about work, and I think that's a success. It's It's beautiful. We talked about it before. I'm, so, like, glad, you know I'm gl- so glad we talked of nothing of substance. <laughs> well, I, I told him before but we go on, I said, if I'm Googling stuff and we're just like deep diving into <laughs> thoughts and figuring stuff out, those are my favorite. But those are yeah. truly my favorite podcasts. Absolutely. So this is great. Absolutely. Um, I, I mean, listen, what I do professionally matters. Uh, and I'd love to talk. You know I love to talk about it. Yes. It's, um, it's, a, it's great. You do great work. But sometimes it's fun just to have some coffee and just talk about rent. Absolutely. Have a good this, laugh. This talk good. about food. Give Throw in a couple idea. hot takes. Right? That's really, really divide your audience. 
Really? I mean, listen, if you're in this game for engagement, my hope is, is that number one, people will listen to the end to hear that hot take and that people will share it and be like, isn't Jordan a moron? And and it's just going to drive your views. Either way, we'll put a poll out. (laughs) I'm going to put a poll, Brooklyn Nine-Nine or The Office. Oh, I I know that that is an unpopular opinion. It is a hot take. Uh, hey. It is a hot take that I've never, and you've I have it. nothing to back it up with. My hot take of of uh, comparing Raymond Holt, like Captain Holt to Ron Swanson and Dwight Schrute, never thought of that before. It is the epitome of my hot take. Hmm. I think I stand by it. I think I do. Um, but that is a hot take. And I know it will be unpopular because the office is sacrosanct. It's holy to some people. And that's okay. Wow. It's okay. I love well, the office. I the think office if is... I can remember, we're going to put it up on that. We're going to put a do poll. It. Do it. Tell me how wrong I am. Tell me how wrong I'm at. What's the over under on that? 90, 90 <sighs> plus, say the office. My expectation would be 70 30. We do 80 20 conservative, but if it was 90, I'm more, I think it's going to go more 90 10 than it would 70 30. But I'm going to say 80 20. It would likely, I would say, it depends on how people hear that. Like, Listen, if you want to take your emotions out of it for half a second and just try to judge it, like you're not probably not going to have the emotional connection to Brooklyn Nine-Nine. You're not because for a lot of people, it's not the quality of the show. It's how they make it, how it makes you feel and what you remember feeling all of those times. It's a comfort spot. So I'm not here to tell you you have to choose one or the over the other. Um, so, yeah, I'm expecting because of its cult status. There's no there's no overcoming it. So 70 would be my the the hot, the lowest that I think the office would go. I okay. I could see 30% saying, you know what, I love the office but Brooklyn 99 or it could be I hate the office, so then therefore Brooklyn. And that's true too. Yeah. I I I don't think it's as divide I don't think there's that many or enough people to sway your numbers that way though. It'll be fun. It'll be a It'll fun be poll. Fun. It's always but you know what's even more fun? This podcast with you. Always. always a good time. Jordan, thank you. We'll do it. We'll certainly do it again. Obviously. Um, and we'll have a bunch of other random topics for all of you. Hey, anytime. If, if the listeners will listen, I'm always willing to talk. <laughs> they are. Promise. They are. I love it. All right. Thanks, I love folks. it and I love your audience. <laughs> Bye now. <laughs> thank you for listening to the Galen Trombley Show. Be sure to subscribe, review, and share the episode. You can follow me on all social platforms at Galen Trombley. Thanks for listening.